go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go off and running on this third day of February 2023. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Madcap Wacky Zany Real Time Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, three to five PM no, five to eight PM Eastern Standard Time, two to five PM Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between and the Great Globe Round is whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Even when I screw it up, thank you, because I did. Uh, wherever wherever you're listening, please feel please like and subscribe and leave a comment so that the uh, algorithms and the brother deacon will be happy. And no, about that screw up, I did. Um, apparently, my brain thought it was still January last night when I was doing the post production and the upload. And I uploaded January second's program, which I'm sure was a fine program. Just not yesterday's program. So I was a couple of minutes late because I was digging around and, and, and trying to correct my mistake. So now yesterday's podcast is correctly posted. Yay me. Um, but uh, well, thanks for your patience. Thanks for putting up. Um, and by the way, uh, thank you, uh, thank you earlier to Elberton, Rhode Island, uh, marginal trailer queen trying to deny that Jewish space lasers started the California forest fire, fire a while back. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, she, that's the fun thing about recording. She was recorded saying it. And so I think uh, probably, oh, by the way, this is Friday on the front porch. So here in about 52 minutes or so, we will uh, go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree where that we sublet from the Keebler Elves, where we gather every Friday around the Extraordinary Ordinary Roundtable and uh, see what's on folks' minds. If you've never participated in Friday on the Front Porch, I heartily encourage you so to do. It's a, it's a fun time, and it would be even more fun if we had some new voices in there. And I will add particularly some women's voices in there because uh, it wouldn't be quite so lonely then for a certain suspiciously large woman. Not saying, just saying. And there's a button that head on dot live up at the top. All you got to do is click it and, well, there you go. You'll be carried right over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
and participating in the conversation. And like I said, that'll be about oh, 50 minutes or so. Every program here at the Horn, though, does begin with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, consequently, oh, well, thank you, Steve in New York telling me, January 2nd, that was a very good program, especially because it was my 29th birthday. Well, you know, my 29th birthday was this week, too. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Um. But like I said, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And as a consequence, we say thank you to our February 3rd uh, PayPal subscribers. And so that means that, uh, well, for today... We say thank you uh, to John. Thank you, John. And thank you as well to Jean and Anne across the pond. And thanks to Bill in Allentown. Thanks for being partial sponsors of the program. If you'd like to set it and forget it, well, it's right there on the uh, main page. Just click it, put in your amount and... Um, then click the box that says make this a recurring donation contribution. I was not sure what it says. But anyway, and it, it'll just come out that same day every month. And Patreon, Patreon payments come out on the first of the month. So thank you. And where does our fundraising stand as we close the first Friday of February? Well, we've just got the usual $300 to raise. And that's fantastic, and hopefully that will be meetable um, at some point in time during this Friday on the front porch. Um, making a mistake, Lee in New York writes, a very kind person appreciated my correcting my mistake. I recently thought that a Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode was from the Orville. Mistakes happen. Owning up to it is mature and appropriate. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, you, you remember everything, don't you, Lee? Yeah. Um, we, I'm, I'm going to talk yep, the stuff, Ilhan Omar. Uh, but I wanted to mention something, and granted, it's kind of local news, but it's unavoidable. So you know why I was in Charleston yesterday, and I made it, and I made it back, and I did do a program. I just happened to upload the wrong program that I did. Uh, and lo and behold, I showed up on the local news. Give them a pull quote and they'll use it. Uh, well, they uh, passed that bill today. The House of Delegates did. so, uh, And they passed it by a ridiculously large margin. Uh, 84 to 10. There are 88 Republicans in the West Virginia House and 12 Democrats and six people didn't vote. 
of the 84, 83 were Republicans. And I just posted an absolutely infuriated essay over on Facebook. If you want to go look at it, read it, share it, please. I, when Republicans behave like Republicans, we can despise their rotten conduct. And this, this, this transcends any particular issue. See what I did? Transcends. Ha. Um, Republicans behave uh, behave despicably because that's their jam. It's who they are being despicable. Well, any okay, procedurally, so this thing will leave leave the House now. It will go over to the West Virginia Senate, where there are 17 Republicans and three Democrats, and therefore this bill will then pass through the Senate like shit through a goose. green and disgusting and then it'll go to the desk of make West Virginia great big old governor Jim Justice who in no way shape form or fashion is going to allow any 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 any, any geriatric mutilation of our precious children mm-hmm And it'll get signed into law, and then the ACLU and Lambda Legal and a bunch of other outfits will sue and may or may not win because, you know, they could have waited around these Republicans because there's there are lawsuits ongoing on medical bans in Alabama and Arkansas. And there seems to be solid legal footing for overturning all of these things, but you know the fiscal conservative when, when it comes to when it comes to dealing out hate, the fiscal conservatives, well, uh, they spend they spend money on lawyers defending odious bills like drunken sailors. Not that drunken sailors are known for spending money on lawyers, but uh, I got tangled up in my own metaphor, didn't I? But the point is what happened in the House. Because 83 Republicans and one Democrat voted in favor of a bill that is nothing more than a bigoted um, attempt to disappear and silence gender nonconformity among young people in this state who have no real means of resisting or pushing back. And just so you know what the contortions that these people go through with it. So an amendment was offered saying, okay, um, we don't want genital surgery being done on trans kids, right? And all the Republicans said, harumph, bruga bruga, narble, warble, wolf, darp, narf. And said, okay, well, how about let's make sure that there's no genital surgery on any children in this state? Or how about let's not have non-consensual surgery on children in this state? Like when children are born in, with an intersex condition and the parents will decide to have the child undergo surgery 
and assign the, 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 the gender surgically without the child's knowledge or consent. You know, we're talking about infancy here. And Republicans in both cases, no, we can't do that. You know, with a parent's consent, a cisgender child, I mean, I've known it to happen, with a parent's consent, a cisgender girl can have, have surgery to modify the appearance of her vulva. Mm-hmm, really. Or a boob job. But none of that is happening to transgender kids because transgender kids are not even allowed to think about it until they're 18, surgery-wise. Isn't that interesting? And, of course, when it's proposed, the Republicans oh, no, we can't do that. I mean, parents have to have rights unless they're the parents of trans kids. But one Democrat catapulted the lies, the mistruths, the hatred. And that one Democrat lives in my county. He was elected for the first time in the district next to mine, in the same election cycle that I ran in. I dare say I would have met a much better representative than he does. Because this guy's a teacher. This guy teaches middle school. This guy has trans kids in his class every year, almost guaranteed. And he just showed his hand. He just showed his bigotry. His name's Elliot Pritt. And I have uh, called him out on Facebook in no uncertain terms. Because his fellow teachers said, we want to protect these kids. He didn't listen to their wisdom. Doctors, nurses said, this medical care is necessary and life-saving. And nobody's getting surgery. None of these minors are getting surgery done on them. The Republicans didn't listen and neither did Elliot Pritt. I expect Republicans to be hateful. Because... That is what the Republican Party is centered on now. Because they're fascists. And in order for fascists to take over, there has to be a them. There has to be an othering taking place. And in the current political climate, we know who the other are. Some of the most powerless and marginalized people in the country. And that's who bullies like. Bullies like to beat up people that can't fight back. And so here we are. And I don't know if that essay will get any traction 
on Facebook. The algorithms seem to uh, disfavor things like that. But I didn't let it go because I couldn't let it go. That man's actions and those of 83 Republicans will be the direct and proximate cause of funerals in this state. Funerals of children. I don't want it to happen. It's just a fact that gender-affirming care is the one thing that keeps those funerals from happening. And they are hell-bent on taking it away. And the thing is, even if they lose in court, it's going to take years. And they may not lose in court because of our dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties most puissant though they are and there were yesterday in charleston a lot of youth these two you know these youths these what counselor youths well there were a lot of trans youth there i met some of them and they were delightful delightful young people and I wish for them all the happiness and success in the world. And oddly enough, um, the gender diverse kids also wind up being kids with really high IQs. Really, really seriously smart kids. And the state of, the state of West Virginia is telling them they don't want them. So, you know, we will continue to lose population because these kids will grow up and they will get the fuck out of the mountain state. Because they know damn good and well that the power structure in the mountain state hates them. And in fact, they'll get while the getting's good, while they're young, while they can start a new life somewhere. Like I said, I'm furious. I am absolutely furious. And, I th- and, and whenever I see a betrayal like this, you know, whether it's Joe Manchin, Joe to the Mansion born, or Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema, or in this case, this dude. Now let's think of Dante and the way he ordered his inferno. And how the betrayers wound up in the absolute lowest depths of hell. So that's what got me. Uh, that's what got me worked up earlier. But it's certainly not going to be what what the entire program is. Yesterday, and well, if you listened live, you heard it. If you listened to the podcast, you heard something from January the second. Um. But 
nonetheless, when you get around to yesterday's podcast that has now been corrected and reposted, uh, there's audio from, and many of you have already seen and heard it elsewhere because it went pretty viral, of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez waxing eloquent and furious at the treatment uh, Ilhan Omar received at the hands of the almost entirely wildly, palely white Republican majority. Therefore, this morning, some producer at Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, got on the blower to uh, Nancy Mace of South Carolina stand. At one point in time, she said she wasn't going to participate in uh, in, in the uh, legislative attack on Ilhan Omar. And in fact, uh, what's his name, Frank Buck? The last name's Buck, a Republican from Colorado, was heard to say and overheard to say in, in, in an elevator to one of his Republican colleagues that that was the stupidest vote he'd ever taken in Congress. And his colleague agreed, and then they looked around and said, okay, don't anybody, don't anybody mention this, okay? Uh, we'll, well, don't, don't, don't tell the weaker speaker I said this. Because then he'll turn some McCarthyism loose on me. Because that's how McCarthyism works. But no, today, uh, in a in a colloquy that also included the Chinese balloon. Well, Nancy Nancy Mace decided to uh, slime the squad because they spoke as one voice against the sleazy attack on Ilhan Omar. Chinese spy balloon hovering over U.S., says the Fox News TV Radio Rwanda News Alert. Joining us, South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who was the first woman to graduate from the Citadel's Corps of Cadets program. So I understand there's risk, but when China sends a balloon over sensitive parts of America, why do we even think about not shooting it down? We could secure the ground right away, couldn't we? Oh, absolutely. That's the question on every American's mind this morning is why hasn't the Biden administration shot the spy balloon down? Maybe because the Biden administration is relying upon the expertise of the United States military, which has determined it is a better thing not to shoot it down. Or maybe because the Pentagon realizes and the Secretary of Defense realize that anything that the balloon is looking at that's just a weird sentence. Anything the balloon is looking at is already being viewed from Chinese satellites in geosynchronous orbit in space with a lot better optics on it. Jesus, these people are stupid. This is the first time in my lifetime I've ever seen anything like this. Honey, are you wearing chess pieces for earrings? 
They're distracting. Just get you some nice standard hooker hoops, okay? Bigger the hoop, bigger the hoe, okay? I mean, that's just the rule I was taught. And it's very disturbing to know that it's still up there in the air near our military installations. Um, the time is now. Let's get this thing out of the air. Yeah, let's do it. And we find out they've done it before uh, while trying to buy up boarding schools, private schools, uh, putting the, the Confucius learning uh, pyramid and then putting all the money into colleges, buying up land in military sites. Huh? This is like the third time I've seen this clip and I still and heard it. I, I don't I don't know what dude bro there is what anybody want to help we find out they've done it before uh, while trying to buy up boarding schools private schools uh, putting the the Confucius learning uh, pyramid and then putting all the money into colleges buy not the Confucius learning pyramid we cannot have learning pyramids the, I mean Maybe if it was the Jesus H. Christ learning pyramid, but this is the Confucius learning pyramid, y'all. We cannot have a learning pyramid gap. Buying up land near military sites mm -hmm. in North Dakota. This is a comprehensive attack on America. Right. It's not just TikTok in Taiwan. We now have these spy balloons in our airspace. They've been very aggressive over the last few years and have only ratcheted up that aggression. Um, and it's time to take a stand against China. You were one of the last whole. Yeah, with somebody else's kids, right, Nance? I mean, granted, you you graduated you you, you graduated from the Citadel and got yourself a highfalutin education marching up and down the square, but you won't be suiting up anytime soon to go to war with the Chicoms, will you, hon? No, that's from that's for some other mommies and daddies kids, right? That's why you're in Congress. Well, you're not wrong, and there are rumors floating around there. Randy Radar says somebody should look into Speaker McCarthy's background. Somebody like that must have a lot to hide. Now, there is some word out there that he's a philandering self-made SOB. But you know, if you if you do that to the to a Republican, it's the politics of personal dis destruction. People only get run out of Congress if they're if they're Democrats and don't do much of anything at all. Back to the Chinese spy balloon. Holdouts before Elon Omar was voted off the Foreign Relations Committee, but not off all committees. Uh, as as you know, you held out. We'll get that reason for a second. But when she was pulled off Elon Omar for six separate reasons, one of which was blatant anti-Semitism, uh, here's how the squad reacted. Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy? This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single the time has expired. My life was threatened. I am so time sorry, has expired. Sis that our country is failing you today through this chamber. So could you say that they didn't take it well? No, I would say it was complete drama queens on full display. And there's Oh, thank you, white lady. Thank you so much. 
you, you, you proud graduate, you proud white lady graduate of the Citadel, you. Aren't you just adorable? Yeah, it, that, that's, that's, that's just peak Fox News TV radio Rwanda calling a white woman to talk about women of color being aggrieved over bigotry and racism. There's no surprise there that they would use these use racism as this excuse. They weren't there two years ago when Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar were being kicked off. Yeah, two years ago when Marjorie, Tra Marjorie Taylor Greene, marginal trailer queen, was being kicked off, it was because she said that Jews deliberately started a forest fire with Jewish space lasers. Which is pretty anti-Semitic in its own right. A lot more anti-Semitic than anything that Ilhan Omar ever did or said. But at the end of the day, well, you know, Emery and Marveline t tune in in the mornings to Fox News TV Radio Rwanda because they need their confirmation bias fix for the day while the meds are kicking in. They weren't using that as an excuse, and it's really unbelievable, but it's very typical of... Can't really use racism against marginal trailer queen when she's a white woman. I know. Uh, by the way, uh, Elbert in Rhode Island reminds us the Japanese army tried to firebomb American forests with balloon-launched firebombs. It happened during the Second World War. It did not work. Um, Scott in San Diego, spy balloon? Spy implies stealth and secrecy. The thing's the size of three city buses, for fuck's sake. Oops, there goes your element of surprise. Shoot down the spy balloon! Well, no. Can I point something out here just for a second, please? Um, the Chinese were engaging in this thing we call government back at a time when the ancestors of all of the white people in America were still fighting with the wolves, for, uh, for, with the buzzards for what the wolves didn't want. They got a lot longer history of this. And so the Biden administration has done exactly what they should do. Oh, you know, cue up Shania Twain. Oh, you've got a spy balloon over Montana? That don't impress me much. And then immediately postponed a trip by Secretary of State Anthony Blinken to Beijing, which was going to be a real big deal for Xi Jinping's autocratic dictatorial government and constitutes a prestige deficit for China. Uh, more on China in a moment, but we gotta we gotta let the we we got we gotta let the white lady finish critiquing the, 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 the brown women. Of the squad to see that kind of behavior on the floor. Here's was some of the reasons why she was eligible to get ousted. Watch. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna come in a second. But there were <laughs>
apparently has the same producer I do. Couple of couple of different things that she said in the past. So let's listen. You wrote, Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. I don't know um, how my comments would be offensive to, to Jewish Americans. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle. The police department here in Minneapolis needs to be dismantled. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. We could go on, but we only have a three-hour. Yeah, we could go on, but, well, it's a pretty thin reed we're already dangling from. Uh, hey, Robin, says Theo. Hey, Theo, your take on the Chinese spy balloon is right on the mark, as no doubt are their spy satellites, cameras. Historical fun fact, we reportedly sent balloons with sensitive mics and transmitters into then-Soviet airspace to pick up the sound of a nuclear test. But that was for that was for good God fearing patriotic purposes, right? Whole Cuban whole Cuban missile crisis was precipitated by us putting missiles in where Turkey. So they said, let's put some in Cuba. That's how Kennedy said it, Cuba. And that's how the Cuban missile crisis came into being. Uh, Stephen, New York, Chinese balloon. The real question is this, WWGSD, what would George Santos do? It's his balloon. It's a fabulous balloon. And he was going to, he was going to fly it all the way back to Kansas from Oz, but it got away from him in a windstorm. And, uh, Marginal Trailer Queen, uh, it, referring to Nancy Mace, says, uh, I'm appalled that a black woman was kept off a committee because she is a black woman. That's pretty much it because that's who Republicans are. Our show. Uh, real quick, you've got a deal in order to vote for, and that there'll be due process from here on in. So yeah. you sponsor that. Real quick, on the last thing, Hunter Biden's lawyer came out and basically. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Draws that Hunter Biden like a gun. Let's see what the proud first female graduate, graduate aide of the Citadel has to say about Hunter Biden. He asked for a criminal probe on the laptop repair shop, not on them, while admitting, by mistake perhaps, that the laptop is authentic. What's your reaction, Congresswoman? I, I can't think of anything more ironic than saying the laptop does not exist, but, oh, let's go investigate the owner of the computer store that actually had the laptop that didn't exist. Um, it's complete hypocrisy. We've seen this from the administration as well. Um, oversight, we've got to investigate. What, what costume did the guy from the computer shop want to wear if he testified in Congress? Was it his, what, what, was it his, was it his Star Trek uh, uh, command deck uniform? Was that what it is? Or, or, or did, did, he, did he want to show up as, as Barney the Dinosaur? I, we had the clip. I just can't remember anymore. I, I, run out of, I run out of space for storing stupid shit. Yeah, it's time, says Stephen, New York. Ban all chopsticks. Ban all uh, Petrushka dolls. Hmm. 
We'll be getting there. Gabe, you know, what's happened here with this laptop. There were over 150 SARS reports, a suspicious activity reports. Congress can only get their hands on one. <clears throat> this was a real story. It was a conspiracy. And the hypocrisy up here on the Hill is alive and well today. Just No, yes, it is. The only thing she doesn't realize is uh, she's the one engaging in the hypocrisy. Now he wants to wear a kilt. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, he wants to wear his kilt. Maybe he can wear. Maybe he can at least wear his Vulcan ears or something. Not saying, just you know, saying. But this is this is good. Here's a fun one. This is really fun. So I mentioned that uh, a couple of days ago there was a dust up in the rules committee. When they started, uh, when the Republicans started the Great Pledge of Allegiance crusade, where they had to say the Pledge of Allegiance before they started committee meetings, even though it was pointed out to them that everybody had already pledged allegiance to the flag on the floor of the Congress, and they do that every day. We pay for it. Oh, well, so much for fiscal conservatism. So, representing Guy Renschenthaler a Repiglican from Pennsylvania, uh, entered into a colloquy with Auntie Maxine, who flat out spoke the truth and said that the resolution about saying the Pledge of Allegiance was wasting our time. She went on to say that the biggest threat to our democracy was the Capitol insurrection in 2021. And that's when um, that's when Auntie Maxine handed Mr. Renschenthaler his Renschenthal. Do do enjoy this. Lord knows I have several times today. And the fact that this isn't passing on suspension just says everything about my friends across the aisle that you can't condemn socialism. I mean, in your opening remarks, you were talking about Putin, Kim Jong-un, and, and Z. You know what they all have in common, right? Trump. <laughs> Trump? Yeah, she's not wrong. And by the way, it's she, not Z. A Z? Alan Arkin and the uh, in-laws. Don't say anything about his scar. A Z? You mentioned you mentioned Kim. Let's hear that again, because there's, the timing is perfect. She takes a little two count and then answers. Can't condemn socialism. I mean, in your opening remarks, you were talking about Putin, Kim Jong Un, and and Z. You know what they all have in common, right? Trump. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> North, North Korea, China, and Russia. He loves. That, that's quite the intellectual leap. I would say communism. Uh, would you like to denounce any communist leaders? Well, I don't. She brought the axe handle. Wrench and faller. You've brought a squirt gun to a sword fight, buddy. I don't 
know what you're asking, but let me just. The leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, has made often glowing, described authoritarians like Kim Jong-un, who is condemned in the resolution. Regarding North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, Trump uh, said Kim wrote me beautiful letters, and they're great letters, and we fell in love. You sure you want to hear the rest of this? <laughs> mm, I love her. You sure you want to hear the rest of this? Because when Audie Maxine says, are you sure you don't you want to hear the rest of this, you're sure you don't want to hear the rest of it. Wish I had the rest of the clip. And we felt... And we fell in love. Definitely, totally fell in love. Believe me. It was big love. <sighs> but, oh, back to the balloon. The American people regarding the Chinese balloon. Steve says... Uh, as an American people, I don't care now, nor never have what the Chinese balloon is, does, might be, might do, etc. But it's been it's been balloons all day. At one point in time, I tried to clear out the clear clear my head by uh, firing up the original German version of Neunundneunzig Luftballons, and it didn't help because the Chinese balloon stories were still coming across my feed. And apparently, you know, we, we ran the uh, the ad, the campaign ad, for uh, the guy who's going to be running against Josh Hall and Ass. Uh, his, his name is Kuntz. The Republicans are worried about him because now they're going after his accent. Senate Republicans, the NRSC on Twitter, said, why are you using a fake southern accent? When things get tough, Missourians deserve a U.S. senator who will stand up for them, not run away. That's why I'm running to replace Josh Hawley. But is this his real hey, accent? It's hard to believe we're a little over 10 days into the campaign now. Uh, when you talk about the difference on the campaign, the difference is the front line for fundamentally changing who has power in our country. He's raising his fist when he thinks he's going to get in power. We have taken a very narrow approach to the economy, to our resources, to um, our innovation, our industry. And if you got a fraud and a coward on the one side, and you got a decent human being on the other. And so everything's lining up real nice. We actually made our goal just before the cutoff. I don't know. Um, Lucas Coons. Well, he may just have what it takes to, 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 to just beat Josh Hall and Ass's skinny little ass for the next couple of years. When the National Republican Senatorial Committee put out the fake Southern accent horseshit, he responded on Twitter by saying, Men watching pornography, soldiers playing video games, now you can add my voice to Josh Hawley and company's growing list of weird obsessions. 
and well, of course, this was all ginned up by people in Washington, D.C., who don't even know what a Missourian sounds like. Writing at the uh, St. Louis Riverfront Times, they said, Kuntz's accent doesn't change from clip to clip, nor does it sound particularly Southern. In all of them, he sounds like a guy from Missouri. If the ad proved anything, it's that whomever incumbent Senator Josh Hawley hired to make his attack ads really has no idea what a Southern accent, or Missouri accent for that matter, is supposed to sound like. And as someone who actually went to school in Missouri for a couple of years, I can tell you that I got quite a bit when, you know, when I first went to college, of I, I got quite a bit of, uh, where, where are you from? Alabama? You sure do talk funny. <sighs> Meanwhile, Josh Hall and Ass doesn't have a Missouri accent because Josh Hall and Ass don't live in Missouri. You know, people from Missouri don't sound like people from Virginia. Northern Virginia in particular, which is where Josh Hawley actually, well, lives. Because the Kansas City Star actually did a piece on it and noted that uh, Hawley scoffs at the residency requirement for candidates from Missouri. He lives in a $1.3 million home in Northern Virginia and actually uses his sister's address in the Ozarks for voting purposes. Voter fraud! And there are a lot of publications in Missouri that just don't think much of... uh, Well, don't think much of Josh Hall and ass, citing his embarrassing ignorance and how grossly unfit he is for office. Because, among other things, he sent out sent out a fundraising email, Josh Hall and ass did, in which he declared, and I'm not kidding, There is only one gender. One. Not even two for Josh Hall and Ass. No. Oh, there's the eternal question. Stephen New York asking, uh, do Missourians pronounce it Missouri or Missouri? Asking for a friend. And the, the, the definitive answer on that is depends. Depends on where you're from in that state. I knew Missourians who said Missouri, and I knew Missourians who said Missouri. Didn't Harry Truman say Missouri? Recall also that in a former time, Arkansas was actually pronounced Arkansas. And a person from Arkansas is not an Arkansasian or Arkansasite, but an Arkansan. To this day, 
Randy Radar says, the balloon was all over my Apple news feed. Apple knows that I'm a liberal, and they still put it as top billing on my news feed. That's why I don't subscribe to Apple News Plus. Yeah, no Apple News Plus for me either. I actually just go and kind of curate my own feed, and that's how this program winds up being like this program is. And poor, poor Alex Jones. Um, The Southern Poverty Law Center has published a lot of his uh, private text messages. Thousands of them have been published. And in it, he doesn't come across as quite the conservative family man that you would like people to think he is. Among those text messages, the fact that while he was having his um, estranged wife tailed by private eyes, he was busily having a sexual relationship with a married woman that he wasn't married to. The emails even go so far as to serve up... uh, what it was he wanted his married mistress to do for him. And he also talks about the black hole he lives in. And that his life is a living hell. Oh, darn. Yeah. In texting with his daddy, he sends his daddy a a message that says, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I get noticed via media. So I just tend to start shutting down. I always get my legal news a few weeks late via news. I just need to love it. I don't blame you. I'm just freaked out. We're crazy mixed up. It's very disconcerting. Nothing can stop it. It seems it's like gravity. A black hole. And all this time, his own father doesn't respond to him. And uh, David, uh, let's see, another guy, Zach Drucker, who worked for Jones for six years, said he's a massive narcissist. And most of the 60 people who work at InfoWars are traumatized. And, of course, he uh, also text-stalked his estranged wife.
And then there's uh Pat Johnson, the married lady. May thirteenth, twenty twenty, she texted him at four thirty in the afternoon and asked him if he could meet with her. Then his wife texts him, asked if he's gonna be on time. His wife doesn't respond and then the married lady, who's not married to Alex Jones, sends him eight different messages, sending him links to far-right maggot stories. And then he says, I'm on my way. Please run me a bath. And then he starts talking to her about uh, or then he starts talking to Tim Inlow about his wife. What's she up to now? Tennis courts at South Asian part, Park. And then uh, there's the hissies he had over pornography. That's one thing, if you like to look in the 1960s Playboy and it's a beautiful woman and you just admire her scantily clad, that actually excites you more about your wife, but it's not a woman degraded with 20 guys hammering on her like they're a beef tenderizer. That dehumanizes the woman, that dehumanizes the man. Every study shows it. I'm talking about this on air. I'm not a porn guy, I'm sorry. Once I've been in the real thing and you have a wife and you have children, it's about life, about love. And then in the text messages that Hate Watch got hold of, turns out it's full of a lot of hardcore porn links. Things about cuckolding. Cucking, yeah, that's a big thing among right-wingers. That's why I'd love to see the browser histories of these uh, assholes in, in Charleston who voted for that hateful bill. He's even sent Pornhub links to one of his contacts. And then he does things like hosting anti-Semitic assholes who blame the Jews for pornography. So gross. And then there are the texts with his personal trainer, wherein they use the word slay as a substitute for working out. They're freaks, really. Just, you know, freaks.
and the the uh, subpoenas have started flying from the House Judiciary Committee that's, of course, run by Jim Jacketoff Jordan. He sent off subpoenas today to the head of the Justice Department, the FBI, and the Department of Education for documents about school board meetings. They purport to require Attorney General Merrick Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to turn over all the documents on the topic by March 1st. Complaining that since October 2021, Judiciary Committee Republicans have sent over 100 letters to Biden administration officials requesting answers about how the administration used federal counterterrorism resources against American parents. This is all part of the weaponization of the federal government. Because those American parents were actually, most of them were not even parents of school children, and a lot of them were engaging in violent, threatening behavior. One hopes that the Justice Department, the Education Department, and the Department of, uh, and, and the FBI will all tell Jim Jacketoff Jordan to go pound sand and it maybe testify about all the little raped kid, uh, the raped young men that he continues to invalidate. Uh, Jeremy asks, going back to Alex Jones and pornography, there are pornographic images left by the Egyptians from thousands of years ago. What about them? Well, who did they have in bondage? Where do you think that came from? I bet there's a. I bet there's even a lesson plan about it in uh, uh, Katya uh, Katya Lawrence's Nazi school board program or Nazi homeschool program. So. Well, that's the uh, that's the filler robster. It's um, it's time we should probably head over the river and through the woods to the old uh, the, to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves and see who's around the uh, extraordinary ordinary roundtable this evening. Let me send the. Uh... Yep, perfect timing. Hey, Sparky. Yo, Sparky. Okay. Um, 
Christopher, you just popped in. You there? Hey, Robin. Hey, Christopher. So, uh, so they they did end up passing that bill, hunt. It went through the. How how is the uh, West Virginia um, legislature set up? Is it by camera? Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's a two camel legislature. Um, <laughs> two humps. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've yeah. got a House and a Senate. It passed the House, eighty-four to ten. One of them was a Demo- One of those eighty-four was a Democrat. Yeah, I hear you now, Sparky. <laughs> That's weird. I know. Yeah, Robin, I do. I, I, you have some tough choices to make, Robin. I mean, on one side, you can make a case you need to stay and fight. On the other side, you could be in desperate danger. It's a tough one. It is, and it's it's the, the, the logistics are enough to make my head spin. I don't even know what it looks Go like. Go ahead, to... Sparky. Uh, I'm sorry, Robin. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sparky. Well, I don't want to interrupt what you were talking about. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you did say, you know, as far as a um, escape hatch, kind of, you've got New Mexico and you've got a grand baby down there and your daughter down there but in new mexico i mean is it we're not talking a bright blue state are we um reasonably blue but the you know, you know things like health care are a concern too and so i would like to go somewhere that that actually if i have to go somewhere i'd like to go somewhere that i can get some kind of health care because i don't have it here and New Mexico doesn't have. I don't like think California. they do. I, I don't think they do. Uh, California, Oregon, Washington. Um, well, I think, come up here to the Northwest. California does. <laughs> called covered California. Same thing as Obamacare. Yeah. I think Massachusetts is similar, but the problem with all those places is, I don't. I don't know. How, I don't know how to afford to live. Oh uh, yeah, house here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good and luck, right? Yes, and rent too. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really hard. I don't think I'd be able to rent a, a cardboard refrigerator box over a sewer grate. Yeah. People are lucky to have that. Some people. Yeah. I mean, there is. And the other, you know, the other side of that is that now that I'm a woman of a certain age. Uh, I am what is referred to in, in legal circles as unemployable. Right. You're in that perfect unsweetened spot. Yeah, and and there's no way, you know, if we hadn't owned this falling down mansion, it's not a mansion, uh, I could never have done this show. Because if I had a rent payment, I'd be dead. I'd, I'd be homeless. And I can't, and I can't, and I can't just sell, and I can't just sell this place. Well, because you're getting another family, basically there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's all about, you know, I mean, literally, you know, feeling like a, I don't know, a, a trans Jode going all grapes of wrath and shit. Can't exactly load up the truck and move to Beverly Hills, that is. Well, maybe you could dig, dig some holes out there in the back. Maybe you'll be lucky like Sparky and find strike oil or strike something. Yeah, I'd probably just strike an old mine shaft. Yeah. Have toxic waste come blooming up out of the ground. We're rich. No, we're in trouble with the EPA. <laughs> Sparky, what's going on with you in your yard? Saw the picture. They're making progress? I didn't see the picture. Um, they're, they're started, he told uh, me that he told me they got down to a hundred feet. We're planning on going to 150 hit water at 50 feet. The well, the pump is going to be down at a hundred and they're going to be going down another like 40 feet below the pump for the water. Hope it's good water. Oh, it'll be good water. I mean, it's the Sacramento river water filtered through. Miles of uh, sand, rock, gravel, etc. Uh, and if he's not irrigating a farm, uh, shouldn't have any problem with recovery. And if it hit water at 50 feet and he's going down to 100, uh, that's going to be a 50-foot column of water to pump, and then it'll refill when he's not pumping. Bound to be good. Yeah, we, uh, well, uh, I was, I don't know what the geology and the hydrology is like out there, Roger, but here, um, you can hit water fairly early on and it's going to be really soft and stinky. You know, well, red and smelling of sulfur. No, you're not going to get that. Um, He lives south of Redding, which is in the Sacramento River Valley, and he's got Lassen on one side. And then he's got the the coast range on the other side. And the water comes down and settles in the valley and filters through all kinds of rock. And there was never any uh, hard rock mining or anything. Uh, And basically that whole Sacramento-San Joaquin Valley was uh, carved out many, many millennia ago and then got filled in with uh, rock and sediment and all that after the light last ice age. And uh, so it's, it's all sedimentary stuff on top of bedrock that's down some God knows how, how far down. Uh, but there was no mining or layering or the, the stuff you end up with with the Appalachians. Uh, none of the mineral deposits are down there or any of that stuff. So... Uh, no, anytime you're in an alluvial plain like that and you drill down and get water, uh, um, it's great water. Mm, makes me th- makes me think it might might be good for brewing. Could be. I mean, I know the well on my place uh, was perfectly good. Now my shallow well had non-human forms of E. coli in it. Uh, from the slugs and snails and all that that fell into the well. But the deep well was just absolutely perfect water. 
And I had a friend who made wine, and he would always come over to my place, fill up jugs, and take my deep well water off to make his wine. And I got to go over there, and we'd barbecue dinner, and I'd get drunk, and everything was happy dandy. That sounds fun. And if you're going to make kombucha or anything like that, it's good water for that, too. I have never even. Um, I, I've never even tasted kombucha. It always oh, seemed it always seemed a little it. sus to me. You you can get it any any store, uh, but the commercial kombucha is about 0.5 percent alcohol. If you make it yourself with a mother and that kind of stuff, in the second fermentation you can get it up to uh, one and a half to three. And then if you really work at it and introduce some other yeasts other than your kombucha mother that you can get, uh, you can actually get it up to seven to eight. But that's that's if you're a master brewer and have a vessel that you can uh, – you don't want to just do it in a grosh bottle because you can end up blowing up your grosh bottles just like you can when you bottle beer too soon. Yeah, I've had that happen. I had uh, I had like – um, 72 bottles of mead explode. That broke my heart. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It was... My uh, mother told the story uh, during the, the uh, prohibition. Um, the the basement her, where she was living, her parents' house, uh, bottles started going, and they just locked the door and said, screw it, we're going to wait a six months or a year and let them all settle down and whatever, and whatever's left after we go down there. But I'm not going down there to move any bottles right now because they were just popping all, you know, a whole lot of bottles popped. That was the only one that I ever made that I had a problem with explosions. But that that mead was supposed. Uh, I think I over. What you know, you know how it works when you after you ferment it and everything, and you get ready to bottle. If you want it to sparkle, you 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 prime it with a little bit of corn sugar. And that provides the secondary fermentation that gives you the, the the fizz. And this was to be sparkling mead. And I heard the damnedest sounds. Went, what's that? And well, it was it was my mead that was aging in the basement, exploding. And it was going to be so good too, because it was my my favorite recipe, was flavored with uh, lemon and ginger. Well, the, the second fermentation in the uh, kombucha, um, generally speaking, yeah, you're, you're going to get a little bit of a fizz, but basically what you're going for is for the uh, alcohol to be converted to the, the acid so you get the bite from, and that's the flavor of kombucha is to get that little bit of an acidic bite. And the only way I can tolerate it is you mix it with fruit juice. Just, I mean, what does it even taste like? Well, it's either black or green tea that you sweeten, and then you have your mother, which is a yeast and other microorganisms, and it goes through the fermentation process, and uh, it's you have, to, you have to grow something called a scoby. Yeah, my mom made it. You have to make a scoby. And the, that word scoby. that word scoby stands for a symbiotic 
Oh, it's an acronym? I didn't even know oh, it was yeah, an acronym. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's an acronym. I, I forget all the details of it, but it, it's an acronym. And uh, anyhow, it, it if you drink dilute apple cider vinegar, it's kind of on that spectrum. So you've got the acidic of the vinegar with the flavor of some sweet tea, but most of the sweet is gone because that sugar has been consumed by the SCOBY in the bacterial run-of-the-mill stuff. And uh, anyhow, it's just a, you know, it's another one of those things that health food fanatics go, oh, man, all these beneficial stuff, blah, 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 blah. I was talking with my daughter-in-law last night at dinner, and uh, a while back I'd given her a mother to play with and all that, and she made some, and everybody else thought it was great, and she was sick for three days. Oops. Yeah, if you think about the SCOBY, Robin, it, uh, you remember the movie The Blob, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. doesn't grow that fast, but pretty much Well, Steve in New York just sent, uh, just sent me an internet. It's not a series of tubes. It's not a big truck. It's a series of tubes, you know. Uh, saying um, uh, kombucha tastes like groundhog ass. <laughs> I'm not going to ask how Steve knows what groundhog ass tastes like, of course, because I'm a lady. Is he just getting back from Puxatani? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sleepy Pennsylvania town. Steve's got secrets. <laughs> okay, SCOBY stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. Hmm. Makes sense. I'll, uh, I'll post a link in the chat. I remember uh, our kids were little back when I was in my brewing days, and because you know brewing is science, right? And so I ex- oh, yeah. I remember explaining to one of our daughters how the the little yeasts are living organisms, and they eat sugar, and they belch carbon dioxide, and they pee alcohol. Basically true. Oh, yeah. And she was absolutely fascinated. It's one of those things that makes me wonder how a vegan can drink kombucha. It is alive. And, of course, those oysters that were shucked yesterday were very much alive, too, and they were yummy. Mm. Love those. But, I mean, a vegan won't drink milk and won't eat honey. Yeah, because honey's bee vomit. It comes from an animal. Well, alcohol comes from an animal, too. It's called yeast. Yeah, without a doubt. Unless you're you're making it from wood, in which case, well, don't drink that. Yeah, you ain't going to be long for this world. You'll be a non-vegan before you know it. Well, if you're Ex-vegan. lucky, you just might not be able to see anything anymore. Expired vegan. Yeah, right. 
But so, you know, I still really want to get. If you really want to get groundhog going, ass, still gets a very small uh, cowbell. Get yourself a, a radiator out of a Model A or a Model T and use that as your condenser. That'll cure all that ails you. Yeah, and it'll burn every color of the rainbow except blue. I just posted my wreck your rectum cheesy poppers. They're super spicy. It smoked them on the Traeger for about an hour. What, stuffed jalapenos? Uh-huh. Got some good spicy stuff in there, too. I've got a viewing tip if, everybody, if anybody wants it. Do, yes, please. Scott. Hi, Scott. Hey. No. Sorry. Eyes have it. Scott. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the peanut gallery to calm down. You know. No, we took a vote. The eyes have it. Viewing tip. Well, anyway, it, it's um, I had ordered this thing in the first part of December, a Blu-ray, the uh, complete collection. Do you remember in and some people are going to hate me, but I can't help it. Remember in 1991, the uh, film director Oliver Stone made a movie called JFK? Yes. All right. That was the cinematic theatrical drama, okay? And about a year and a half ago, he and my pal uh, Jim Eugenio, a researcher and author on the topic of JFK, came up with a documentary called JFK Revisited. And I ordered this thing like late November, early December, and then I had to go to the home. And I've been playing catch up, and I decided this week I'm definitely going to watch this thing. Pardon me, which I did last night. And I'm telling you, it it was it was comprehensive and it was very well done, and I recommend it to anybody who is a serious student of the case. It's called JFK Revisited. And uh, I forget what they charge on Amazon for it, but I've got the uh, the D. It comes with a uh, in uh, Blu-ray form, and then another disc uh, of extras on uh, DVD. And it's it's sort of uh, the and the commentary is good. Jim and Oliver Stone do a a running commentary that you can listen to while you're watching the film. And it's, I mean, for anybody who is a serious student of the case, it's well worth their time. And hopefully it's going to be the last word on it. Uh, but then again, with that case, you, you never know. Well, I, I loved the movie. I mean, I thought it was brilliantly cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I can tell you exactly exactly where I was. I was in Jefferson City, Missouri when I saw that film in the movie theater. And several weeks before I saw it, I was there to watch another movie. And uh, you know how they do the coming attractions before the uh, main feature. And there was a, a trailer for, um, for the movie JFK. And it... 
I was talking to my wife about it after as we were leaving the theater. She said, are you going to see that? Because she knew that I liked to stay up on that stuff. And I said, well, you know, I don't know about that Jim Garrison guy, you know, the district attorney of New Orleans. Apparently, enough of the misinformation and bashing and uh, reputation fucking that the government and the CIA tried to do on him when he reopened the case out of New Orleans as district attorney. Apparently, enough of that nonsense had, had seeped into my psyche. And I said, well, I don't know about this guy. You know, why would I watch a three-hour movie about somebody that's been discredited? And then I did some research, and then I saw the film, and it was all a it was all a scam on the part of the, the the CIA mainly, but the government generally, that they didn't want him to look any further into the case. And you got to remember, this was in 1967 when he first started this you know, four years after the fact, you know, their, their, their mindset was let, you know, let dead presidents lie. Let sleeping dogs lie. Don't, uh, don't be kicking up anything with you, the, you know, your, your, the toe of your boot. But anyway, I, I just, uh, I was very impressed with the theatrical movie and now here 30 some 40 years later, whatever it is, the JFK revisited kind of puts a cap on the thing. And it's based mainly on, uh, you remember at the end of the movie, there was a graphic at the end of the credits that said, you know, that X number of documents are kept uh, in the archives and we won't get to see them for like 75 years or something, 50 years. Well, that apparently got people's attention. And there was a concerted effort on the part of Americans and citizens of the world to release those documents, very few, of, very few of them actually had a bona fide reason to not be made public all those years later. And now they're all, uh, virtually all of them are available. You know, there's a website that has the, uh, you know, for researchers and stuff, or you can go to the archives even. But it, it's it's interesting that Truth comes out in drips and drabs. I mean, we're still learning stuff or hearing stuff about the Lincoln assassination or, or the run-up to World War II. And how long ago were those? So anyway, I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but I just wanted to say that if... if well, the Lincoln assassination was 158 years ago. I know. I know. But but you, I'm sure that I can always I can always I can always do that because all I have to do is is take my age subtract subtract two and add a hundred. What was it? 1865. It was right after. Yes. Yeah. Shortly April. It was Good Friday. Now that I think about it. But anyway, I just want to pass it along uh, for those who are. Well, and and I don't know I don't know if this predates you. I don't know. This doesn't predate you. I don't think. Uh, but you know Jim Garrison's son was a member of our community for a very long time. We lost him oh, in the uh, in the Great Purity Wars of 2016. Yeah, and I didn't know that for the longest time. And then the topic came up, and I think you mentioned it, or maybe he mentioned it. He said, my dad. And I'm thinking, holy shit. I, you know, it blew me away. And, you know, I was thinking about him the other day and some of the other people of that era. Come home. You know, come back. How long are you going to hold a grudge? Life is short. 
because earlier at the top of the show you were talking about new voices of which mine isn't um you know and new no but that's no that's 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 no that's no slur on old voices no that's true but i'm i'm just saying that it's you know given what goes on here and the conversations that we have people are missing out i think Well, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. I love the conversations here, and I would love to have more voices in it. Because we learn more when there are more, you know, when there are more that we're, more more people that we're learning from. Oh, here, oh, I got, I got to tell you, this is a fun thing. Uh, you'll get a kick out of this, Scott. Uh, so, among all of my, uh, I, I had a, just a. Literally hundreds of people wished me happy birthday the other day on Facebook. And over on my high school graduating class pages, uh, one of the one of the girls I graduated with said, Oh my God, Robin, you look like Brigitte Bardot. And posted a picture of Brigitte Bardot now. And I was like, I'll take that. So that was, you know, that's a thing I never expected to hear. Yeah, but, I, would, I would take that. Yes. How was your birthday dinner? It was uh, Christopher. We went to Olive Garden, and I don't know why people goon on Olive Garden. I had a delicious meal. It's about the best that you're going to find in Beckley. Simply put, um, I had a beautiful the value. I, I had a beautiful chicken marsala over over fettuccine, mm. and that lovely salad that they do. My, my only gripe about the salad, is, and I know why they do it, but I wish they would use um, uh, pitted. Uh, olives? Well, they use pitted black olives, but I wish they'd use pitted calamatas instead of just uh, plain black olives. Like the yeah, green just ones? imagine everybody doing the Heimlich with, to each other at the Olive Garden all day. All <laughs> you know why they don't, right? <laughs> what? what, Steve? You know why they don't, right? Probably because, uh, because plain, black, plain black olives are more palatable to more people. Alamada olives are Greek. So? They're also Italian. It's supposed to be Italian joint. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a black olive that's cured in brine, just like a green olive is. Have you ever had the ones with the blue cheese? Where the oh, Lord, yes, the green olive oh. stuffed with blue cheese. Oh, that's baby. what you need for a Bombay Sapphire Gin Martini is those olives. Oh, oh, a Bombay Sapphire Martini just sounds fabulous. But I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do better and and that was the nice thing I ate pasta, I had breadsticks, at, with that lovely blush sauce they do that's a, a mixture of their marinara and their uh, Alfredo. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And um, my blood sugar the next morning was just fine, <laughs> so I didn't have to you know. I even I even I even had my beloved tiramisu for dessert. What what is that? Uh, it's uh, like lady fingers with um, custard, and it's dusted with coffee powder on the top. Oh yeah, I think I do know of that. Oh, I love it. And amaretto or rum, depending on what you have. Yeah, amaretto. So, Robin, there's breaking there's breaking white people news on MSNBC. 
Oh no. So remember the voting voter fraud people from the villages in Florida? Yeah. Yeah, they all got probation. I guess they all pled guilty and they all got probation. Well, because meanwhile, it's because it's Florida. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, there's a yeah. There are people of color who are rotting in jail. Yes, with no bail. Right. Yeah. Oh, and speaking speaking of Florida, you know that that place is insane. Yeah. Uh, I saw a post today on another site saying I'm a trans woman living in Ireland, and my wife and I want to take the kids to Disney World, Universal, whatever. This summer, is it safe for me to go to Florida? And there were some people who were from Florida saying, yeah, it's pretty safe. But at the end of the day, taking your money to Florida, and, and, and my apologies to everybody in Florida, Mark and, uh, and, and, and Scary Jerry and everybody, Juanita, uh, love you all, but Florida, you know, those tax dollars, are, will, those dollars will eventually be turned into tax dollars, which will eventually wind up in, essentially in the pocket of Ron Monkey up DeClantis. That would feel a little like me buying the new Hogwarts video game. What I, what I pay for it and winds up in J.K. Rowling's pocket may not mean anything to J.K. Rowling, but it sure is an indictment of me. Well, here's the problem with Walt Disney World, okay? The the theme park, once you've gone through the gates after paying an, an exorbitant, exorbitant uh, entry fee, you're relatively safe, and you can while away the hours riding the rides and doing what you do at the theme park. But the problem is the theme park is surrounded on all sides by that area in Florida. What is it, like Orlando, somewhere down there? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. You've got to get to the place. You've got to, like, go to the motel or the hotel if you're staying off-site. You've got to go out to restaurants where you're going to run into Floridians. And honest to God, not all of them are crazy. But I don't know. There's a lot of them. Come to California, boys and girls. <laughs> Come to the original. Do the do the original D D land. The happiest place on earth. Right, Goofy? Yeah, you could even nope, come to California point. and be you could come to California and be almost a thousand miles away and never even have to go there. But to add to the Florida stuff, I swear y'all y- 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 Folks out in the community, y'all have said in the past, somebody at MSNBC is listening to this program. Hi, y'all. I think, you're, I think they're out there, Robin. And so I've been doing, you know, and again, not because of me, but because it's at the forefront of the it's at the forefront of the news cycles. I've been talking about these these anti-trans bills. And I am I am so fu- I am so furious. I, I sh- that that Democrat who voted for that bill today, I shook his hand. I told him he had my support. I feel dirty. I feel like I just need to submerge my hand in bleach for a few days. Disgusting. Um, And I made no bones about it in the essay that I put up on Facebook. 
this was not a time for nuance. He needs to know, and I tagged him, he needs to know for a fact what he did, the evil of what he did. But anyway, I, I talk about these bills because they are of the moment. And so lo and behold, this morning, on my filthy morning habit, there was that guy who's almost the same age as me. We both went for a time to the University of Alabama. Um, we both lived in Atlanta, and he wound up being Joe Scarborough, and I wound up being a trans girl. Um, but he finally, he, I guess it, it, it showed up on his radar uh, what exactly is going on in Florida now. And he, and he, as a former rock-ribbed Republican, is outraged, I tell you, outraged at the latest development. Time for a look at some of the morning papers. We start in Mississippi, where the Sun-Herald has a front-page feature on a new bill that would make recording police in public places a misdemeanor. Under the legislation, anyone who records an officer performing his or her duties could face a fine and jail time if they are less than 15 feet away from that officer. In Maine, the Kennebec Journal reports the state has set a record in overdose deaths for the third consecutive year. Out of the more than 10,000 overdoses reported in 2022, 7% resulted in death. Officials believe that number would have been greater if there had not been an increased availability of Narcan, which can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose if taken in time, Nika. In Florida, the Miami Herald leads with a proposal to require high school athletes to disclose information regarding their menstrual Come on, cycle. Man. Seriously? You're going to do that to young girls? Right now, participation. You know Joe's mad when he when he hauls out the Come on, man. Forms mark questions oh. about a student's period as optional. Opponents say making this a requirement is an effort to, quote, demonize transgender people in sports. I actually think it's a problem for everybody. The percentage That's sort of so private. small, like, what? And, but they're doing this to every girl in Florida schools. Talk about overkill. Talk about just stop political gestures. And the Herald Sun reports North Carolina lawmakers want to strengthen penalties for damages done to electrical substations. This is in response to an attack in December that left tens of thousands of people in the dark for days. The measure would make such attacks a felony that carries a sentence of up to 10 years in prison and a $250,000 fine. To date, there have been no arrests connected to the December attack. Come on, let's talk about that Florida law. Oh, my God. They're you have to write that. Day. Can you imagine all, doing that as a young girl when you were, like, in high school, middle school? Caddy. Caddy, come on. This is, talk about, again, the, 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 the obsession over 0.003% of the population and then the unbelievably small number of transgender students who are playing sports, the Florida Republican Party has gone crazy. They sent out really tons nuts. of mailers on this. The obsession, and now they're making young girls self-report on menstrual cycles because of this bizarre obsession. 
It's like, you know, there's a very, very, very tiny problem, even if you call it a problem, which is not a problem. Having trans kids in schools is not a problem anyway, but even if you're on a Republican side and Don DeSantis, you see it is. And then taking this absolutely massive hammer to attach it to a, you know, do something Crazy. about that, that the sticking up. I mean, and for every, you know what it's like having teenage girls. You've had teenage girls. Every single person watching this show knows teenage girls. It's the last thing you want to ask them to talk about. They hate talking oh. about it. To do it in this intrusive way, where they're going to have to what self what are they going to have to do fill in a chart what happens if they're a couple of days late what then what happens i mean well, yeah it's this is a stupid michael still just one thing here though they're they're kind of missing the forest for the trees this is related to the transphobia that 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 ron monkey up declantis lives and breathes but it's also related to forcible birth they will track these girls periods as a means of making sure that none of them uh, that, that, that none of them access reproductive care contraception can alter uh, uh, women's periods and sometimes stop them altogether and then there's the fact that girls who are very athletic often stop having a period. This is po- this is this is policing reproductive freedom at an extreme level. But, you know, let's find out from Michael Steele. This is another stupid extension of a culture war where he's trying to create a culture war around something where there's not a war. I've said it before on this show. Over 80 percent of Americans do not believe that males who transition post puberty should participate uh, against uh, young women in high school sports. The international uh, their their international sports. This is almost a universal standard here. Ron DeSantis and Republicans are trying to make this the ultimate cultural war battle. It's just not. It's such. Again, 0.003% of the population. You take student athletes that transition, it's even less than that. So now they're going to make Florida girls report on their menstrual cycles as part of this culture. You talk about overkill. It's insanity. For me, it's not a question of overkill. It is is an absolute disregard and disrespect for, for women. Um, regardless yes. of age, regardless of circumstance, I'm not going to sit on this program as a man and, and opine about the menstrual cycles of women, um, nor should the Florida legislature. <laughs> That's no place. Republicans, get your head out of your behinds. This is not the direction America wants to go. Uh, Ron DeSantis, you think this is going to help launch your your bid to become the next president of the United States? Wait till you come to Maryland and have that conversation about the menstrual cycle of women. All right? Wait till you go to Montana. Wait till you go to Mississippi. The reality of it is this may work in your backyard and this may be what floridians want for their young girls and for women young women but i don't think this is something that's going to translate across the country time for a look see here's the, the 
I find this all very interesting because it, it, it does operate on multiple levels. But in this instance, it's almost circular. Because he can say, you know, we're only trying to do We are only having to do this to prove that these are real girls. Because the trans, the transes may try to sneak in, and and then the trans could wind up getting a scholarship that your real girl wouldn't get, uh, but might get otherwise. And so you got to do this, and therefore we've got to we've got to track their reproduct their, their their reproductive systems, and it all winds up just amplify. We wouldn't have to do this if it weren't for the fucking transes, right? And it amplifies the hate. You know, John in Central PA said, this is Nazism, plain and simple. Don't stop talking about it. It's serious. And it is. And as ever, it starts in one place and winds up in another. All this horse shit about testosterone levels and stuff. I guarantee you that every cis woman in, uh, in, 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 in the in range of my voice right now has more testosterone in her system than I do. But the, uh, but the International Olympic Committee and other sports organizations fixate on that. And then, lo and behold, what do they do? They turn around and they use those standards for trans women against, uh, uh, against elite athletes of color. Because it always works that way. This, and, and, you know, John in Central PA is so right. This is how fascism works. Start with one, move on to the next. I have a question, Robin. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. You know how whenever you have the run-up to an election, uh, there are surveys that are done to kind of take the pulse of the populace to get a sense of which issues are uppermost in their mind and are of, of most concern and, and interest. Have they, has, have they done that in Florida? And I'd like to see the results of that survey. I can't imagine the average person in the sunshine state would have that uppermost in his or her mind uh, as as something to be for the state to ha- to, to take, take a role in i, j- I just can't, maybe i've been away from crazy for too long you know places where you're surrounded by people who are just they're not thinking right what was that line in cool hand luke uh you have got to get your mind right. There you go. Thank you, Captain. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. It's a tempest. It's a made-up tempest in a teapot, if that's the right way to phrase it. Because I, you know, if you were to stand there on the corner at a busy intersection in any medium or major uh, place in Florida, with a clipboard all afternoon asking people, I. I they would ignore you. They would say, who gives a shit, most of them? I think, I hope, anyway. Yet another reason, that's, that, kind of, that kind of says, you know, folks who are planning to travel to a resort, an amusement park in, in, in Florida, you really want to go there because you've got to, it's all well and good, like I said before, to be in the amusement park having your, your, you know, riding the rides and having your fun and eating cotton candy and buying the mouse ears and stuff. But when it comes right down to it, do you really want to uh, support an economy, a local economy or a state economy that, that engages in this horseshit? 
I wouldn't. I, I just I, the people have got to start. Well, the, the the thing is, there's a dichotomy between the two camps, Scott. On the one hand, there's polling data that showed that for all the tens of millions of dollars that Republicans spent on ads about the transes, that issue mattered to about 5% of voters. On the other hand, this stuff this stuff is catnip in places like Alabama and Mississippi Stan and apparently West Virginia. And so you've got you've got two, two you've got two data sets that are kind of at odds with each other. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. But I, I just you know, and meanwhile while they're laser beam focused on this quote issue, I won't even let it stand alone as a word issue. It's 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 a made up thing. It's it's not a real concern of most people. And they're focusing on it. They're fundraising on it. They're getting people, you know, uh, 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 stirred up over it. And it, it's just madness. I mean, you, what are what what else is on the list that they're not paying a bit of attention to while they're doing this stuff? Basically everything. Well, yeah, A to Z. You know, pick a letter in the alphabet, and I'll give you three or four things in Florida that are way more important to focus on than this. Well, and how about this? I, I, I find this story intriguing, the headline especially. Um, prosecutors, this is from The Guardian, prosecutors likened Trump to a mob boss and had to prove he wasn't insane. Uh, this comes from a, a new book that's uh, coming out. Um, and Mark Pomerantz, who also uh, also reportedly compares Trump, the only confirmed candidate for the 2024, to famous figures in the world of organized crime, including John Gotti, uh, uh, in messages seen by The Guardian on Friday. One former Trump administration official called the comparison unfair to the late Mr. Gotti. And... Uh, Mark Pomerantz, of course, was involved in the New York DA's office uh, investigation of Trump, and uh, he's written The People versus Donald Trump, an inside account. It hits newsstands or book, book, bookshelves on uh, Tuesday. And you get this little nugget of information. To rebut the claim that Trump believed his own hype, we would have to show and stress that Donald Trump was not legally insane. Was Donald Trump suffering from some sort of mental condition that made it impossible for him to distinguish between fact and fiction? Lawyers discussed whether Trump had been spewing bullshit for so many years about so many things that he could no longer process the difference between bullshit and reality. Once again, it sounds like, it sounds like things that we've been saying here for years. Well, when you say that they wanted to establish that he wasn't insane, my thought immediately went to the uh, fellow in New York years ago, the uh, organized crime guy that used to roam around the streets in his bathrobe, and he was just as normal as, as anybody. It was, it was a game that he played. I can't think of his name, but somebody surely From the knows. Sopranos, right? No, no, this was a real uh, person. Oh, a real guy. 
I don't know if, if they had a character like that in The Sopranos, because I Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, there you go. That's based on something which happened... Tony's to be... uncle. And i got to revisit that show. But you get what I mean. But Ron... It's like... Go ahead. But Ronnie Reagan couldn't tell the difference between the movies he played in and history. No, and he couldn't even keep the movies straight either. Because uh, at one point in time, he thought he played Grover Cleveland in a movie when he played a baseball player named Grover Cleveland Alexander mm-hmm. or, or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, but then again, this is the great communicator who thought ketchup is a vegetable. Of course it is. But the fact that, uh, you know, the fact that those prosecutors said, uh, you know, is he crazy? I don't know. You think he's crazy? I think he's crazy. I don't think he's crazy. I think he's crook. Those conversations were had, and they were had contemporaneously with questions that we were asking here, which I find fascinating. Oh, and by the way, uh, we had a $300 fundraising goal this evening. Uh, which is low for a Friday on the front porch. And we are at present a goose egg on said $300 fundraising goal. It would be great if we did not go, if we could just keep even through these first three days of uh, February. It would be fan-freaking-tastic. Hey, Robin, money's a little tight for me, but I'll throw in, put me down for 10. Oh, if if, if money's tight, don't do it, Christopher. Don't do it. I had to fix the second car. I fixed the first car, then the second car broke down, and I fixed No, I'll, get, I'll throw you 10. It's been a while. Well, thank you, Christopher. So Absolutely. you're the first one on the board this evening. Somebody give Christopher some company. And maybe we'll knock this down a little bit. No, you know what? I was lying. The fundraising goal isn't 300. It, it We actually knocked it down some last night. It was 270, so you just got it to 260. Very good. So that's even easier to try to uh, steer up. And thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Todd, in South Carolina, Stan. Just sent a message. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's still birthday week. Yes. So, you know, maybe this weekend, I don't know, something. But yesterday, those oysters were wonderful. I'm still thinking about them. And there's Ralph's jumping in right alongside of you, Christopher. So we are now down to 250. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'll tell you what, that. Hey, Robin? Yeah, yeah, Steve. Can I make one really brief comment? Oh, you can make any comment you want to make. It's a regular joint. Was not unnecessary roughness. Thank you. Oh, I know exactly what he's I know what he's talking about, too. Uh, man. He is never going to live that play down. It's horrible. No, you know what? Let me say something real quick. I do not blame the officials for the Bengals losing. Because the Bengals had plenty of opportunities 
to win that game. However, it strikes me that officiating in the NFL has gotten so has just gotten progressively so bad that it's inconsistent. It 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 seems random. That and and you add to that the how much Vegas and betting is intertwined with football. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard not, you know, it, it, it's it's hard not to think about that sometimes. It, it calls into question. I know. And and particularly this year with this whole thing about, well, if the Bengals lose and Buffalo wins, it's going to be at a neutral site. And by the way, we're going to sell a bunch of tickets before that happens. Well, and and now that whole that's that's become a can of worms that the NFL thinks is a really good idea. Let's have all the champion. Let's have both conference championships on a neutral site every year. Which is fine, but this year it just the whole thing stunk. Uh, it just doesn't. It it stinks. It just it looks like. This has the Pete, this has the kind of the Pete Rose betting on baseball feel to it to me. Um, it's like which of the referees were betting, which of the clock people were betting, and again, um, I don't know. I, it just it. Um, a lot I, of I, my non-sports well, and, friends. Well, and and there there's some, there's something else here. I guess now we have a new thing. There's the post there's the post conference championship round of indictments now. Huh? What do you mean? Well, you've got the uh, uh, you've got the Eagles lineman who's been taken in for rape, and I think similar charges for a Bengals player. Yeah, I think Mixon was actually uh, a warrant was issued. I saw this; it, it was weird. A warrant was issued for brandishing a gun against somebody. I think, yeah. Um. I think I, I've said it a million times. I think hockey has it right that the referee's purpose is to keep the game from getting out of hand, to keep it in between the lines, but to not call penalties that don't affect a play. Yeah, fl- basically flags away from the ball. Yes, unless it's crazy and egregious. Or, or, or if, 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 if it's going to determine the outcome of the game or affect uh, the outcome of the game. And I've heard all, well, you know, it was, well, he shouldn't have done it. And if you actually look at the play, there's a very good argument that it's in the, it's in the heat of the moment. He's chasing him out of bounds. You look where, I mean, I've heard people say, well, Mahomes is way out of bounds. Sorry, if you look at the play, that's not the case. And in fact, um, one of his his, uh, right foot was still in bounds. But again, you look at the whole thing, the the three-third downs, it just just doesn't smell right. and that's the only thing I see it. I, I see about it. Um, and apparently, this was the same referee who last year in the Super Bowl called that silly pass interference call against the Bengals. Hmm. 
again, I don't want. I'm not trying to be. Well, and there can, you know, there and there can be there can be subconscious biases too. And of course, the coaches play the refs for uh, uh, sixty minutes. And you know what, Robin? It just doesn't seem to be this crazy in other sports. It just doesn't seem to be. I, I, I think Vegas has a huge part in this. You know, basketball. There's a lot of shaving. I think with free throws and stuff that goes on. I really, I do, I do believe that. It, it just strikes me as an awful lot of teams that are supposed to win do. And you know what? Jack did not have to drown. There was room on that door. All Rose had to do was scoot over a little bit. But no, no. She left poor Leo DiCaprio in there, there in that freezing water. <laughs> did you see there was actually somebody did a study about this? Oh, yeah. It's been done and redone to the point that James Cameron tried to put it all to rest with another scientific study, and now he finally came out and said, well, there was one way where Jack... Because it's... How old is that movie? And people are still talking... You know, Rose was a real bitch for not moving over. And, and you want to say, okay, let's think about this. You're on a fucking door in the sub in the sub zero Atlantic. Do you think honestly think Rose is thinking of anything other than, yeah, I love you, Jack, but you gotta die. You got or or I, I'm fucking cold. A, a ship just went down. I mean. What have you done for me, lately? You know, it's like the it's like the old joke, and I'm going to hate myself for telling this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. The, the the two guys that are out hunting one day, and one of those notorious Appalachian jumping rattlesnakes jumps up and bites one of them on his on 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 on, on his member. And so the other hunter, his buddy, runs off, finds. Somebody who knows some first aid runs back and says, I got good news and bad news. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. The guy goes, give me the good news. Go he said, the good news is the doc says if I suck out the poison, you're going to live. What's the bad news? You're going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and it's that way with Rose and Jack, you know. You know, if I let you up onto this raft, you're going to live. Yeah? Yeah, you're going to die. Where do you need George? Where's George Santos when you really need him? <laughs> mm, flying the balloon. Can you, can you, you know what? I find... Did he launch that balloon? Yeah, yes. That is, right? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. and, and, and by the way, Arnold, Arnold in PA just said, why does the Chinese balloon not look like a butt plug? And furthermore, what is it? <laughs> I think Santos has changed his name. He now goes by Professor Marvel, you know, with the balloon. Yeah. Well, it, it, they need to color it red. So it's gonna be name? it's gonna be so Suzanne it's gonna be so Vega. cute when the uh, Chinese remote controllers make it turn into a bunny rabbit. <laughs> oh, it is a year of the rabbit. I don't just Maybe do things, either. Christopher. Did you see the uh, video where there was a they were 
presenting, um, you know, the 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 uh, turning over of the year of the from the year of the tiger to the year of the rabbit, and they had a little baby tiger with a little baby bunny, and they tried to bring them together and get. Imagine what happened. Anybody want to take a wild guess what happened? No. No, please. Oh, the little baby tiger. Yes. Started eating the little baby bunny, which is what little baby fucking tigers do. And so the people well, in the zoo were trying to pull them apart, and they were like, shock, I tell you. Oh, God. And they ended up the tiger the wanted to eat a rabbit. What? And they ended up pulling the bunny apart. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it lived from what I heard. But yeah, it's like okay, guys. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like these stupid gender reveal stunts. I I read somewhere today that the latest stupid it's somebody dyed a pigeon pink for a gender reveal. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Just stop. You're guessing anyway. You've got a 1% chance of being, uh, somewhere between 1% and 5% chance of being wrong. Swear to God, this species is getting stupider by the day. By the second. And then Ralph's just sent this long. Um, <laughs> holy shit, Pentagon discovers Russian spy balloon hovering over the United States, and it's the picture of the Trump balloon. Ah! <laughs> Where is that? Can they make more? We're going to need to get them ready, right, for the primaries. Oh, he'll have, yes. I don't know, we may need an entire fleet of them. Of course, it was probably made in China. China. Well, the last one I saw was in Britain, and there was a maggot British citizen that popped it. I don't know how she popped it, but she did. I love the fact that uh, Nitwit Nero, you know, he he was he, he was all for Brexit. You know, I, I think Brexit's a great idea. Well, now it turns out that it, as a result of Brexit, Brexit, um, his his stupid golf courses in the UK have lost over five million bucks in the last financial financial year. Again. Because of Brexit, and his golf clubs are actually saying it's because of Brexit. So in essence, they're saying, "And our boss is an idiot." Did you Did you hear what Boris Johnson actually told the Ukrainians? No. That, be, no. That, that, that there's a big advantage of joining the EU. They should be joining the EU because that would help them out. Right, but ban, but but a Brexiteer. Yep. Did anyone hear that uh, Mount Washington smashed a record today for coldest temperature? No. Minus hydro five summit. Holy crap! I knew I knew this this thing that this this Arctic air mass that's blowing across is going to see thirty and forty degree below temperatures like you know up in New England and the Northeast. Minus a hundred and five. Minus hundred five at the top, without wind chill. Yes. That's insane, Jeremy. Well, they recorded the strongest winds on Earth at the top of that mountain, too. Wow. So anyway, Trump's Turnberry Resort in Irish or Scotland, uh, 
vomited forth $4.5 million last year in pre-tax losses. And Trump International Golf Club Limited, which runs an Aberdeenshire um, course, lost uh, $853,000. Ooh, that's not bad. Which one? Which one did he lose the lawsuit? I, I think we were on the program last week when that popped up the on the Chiron. Uh, it was it was it was the it was the the one by the the sea that, that because there were some uh, wind turbines. Wind turbines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The windmills. The windmills cause windmill cancer. They killed my little Tweety Bird. The only bird he cares about is the one that fucking Jack Smith is throwing at him. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Jeremy. Give him a cowbell for Absolutely. That. With regard to the balloon, apparently it's now over Missouri and headed in a southeasterly direction. Maybe it'll fly over Margalago and they can find all the other documents that have been squirreled away. <laughs> Roger, you get a cowbell. I'd prefer to think that it's full of, like, you know, maybe bird poo or something, and they'll they'll automatically destroy it right over, you know, right over Ma- uh, Magaloco. Well, maybe Trump is uh, pissing, pissing and moaning about Biden and, and has caught, add, added his name to the call to shoot it down. Oh, of course. Well, if it keeps flying in a southeasterly direction, it'll go over the part of the United States where somebody will shoot it down, or at least try. I got my thirty out six here. Got a four. I, I got a three by twelve loophole scope on it. I can see it. All I got to do is track it and just calculate the windage, and we'll bring it on down. These morons. I, I don't think any civilian has something that'll shoot a projectile up to over sixty thousand feet. Well, but I said try. These morons seem to not realize that the United States has the best hackers in the world, hands down, no matter what you've heard. And chances are we've already hacked that satellite with Space Command, and we know who it's talking to and who's talking it. Leave it up there. But now we're going to have Balloon Watch all weekend. It's the sequel to Balloon Boy. Remember Balloon Boy? I remember Balloon Boy, back. yes. Hey, did anyone see the green comet? No. It was visible no. a couple of nights ago, and we had cloud cover. Oh, okay. I, didn't I missed that. Yeah, I didn't try to look. I, you know, sadly, I won't be here in the next 50,000 years when it comes. I know, that kind of, it kind of bums me out. Yes, Terrace, I did just say Maga Loco. Uh, Terrace said cowbell, cowbell and ten bucks. Steve well, thanks for that, Terrace. So that gets us down to uh, two forty. Two forty. That that's nominally reachable. Thanks. Yeah, Maga Lardass, Maga Loco. Or. The, the, the simpler term, Trump's tacky golf motel.
Bed bugs, bed bugs are us. Bed bugs and beyond. Oh, that's a good one, Christopher. Bed bugs and beyond. Love it. Irish Dave just posted the other chat room a quote from Pence. I think the day could come when we can replace the New Deal with a better deal, literally give younger Americans the ability to take a portion of their Social Security withholdings and put that into a private savings account. How come these assholes cannot figure out that Social Security is an insurance program and not a retirement program. I mean, I realize that it's become a retirement program since the Reagan trickle-down bullshit eliminated virtually all defined benefit retirement plans, and the unions got screwed over, so now there aren't even union retirements for a lot of people. But how can this misinformation about Social Security being a retirement program and not an insurance program get countered? I don't know that you can, Roger, because accuracy is not their point. I mean, it, it, was, it was basically set up to be an anti-poverty program for white people because colored people and the, the industries in which they were involved were excluded from the original. Yeah, initially, yeah, initially excluded. And uh, a whole lot of historically women professions were also excluded. Uh, so it was a, a white man's uh, keep you out of poverty in your old age program. And it's transitioned into this retirement program at an at absolute minimal quantity. And... Uh, my Social Security has gone up now to where I get a check for $296 a month instead of $260 a month. But that was uh, the Reagan-esque number where they uh, screwed over state and federal employees that didn't pay into Social Security. But again, that was done on, off the, this retirement side. And back in 85, uh, there was still defined benefit retirement programs. And yeah, that's just one of the things that pisses me off. This has been Things That Piss Roger Off with Roger in Oregon. Well, <laughs> I'll shift off to a nicer one, and that is tomorrow uh, we're going to figure out whether or not the uh, KitchenAid uh, machine sa stuffs sausages as well or better as my old hand crank number because we're going to be cranking out about 100 pounds of meat into chorizos. Oh, yummy. That'll be so good. Now, do you, uh, when, when you make them, do you, do you age them and let them, uh, and, and let the flavors marry or do you just get right at it? Well, get right at it. Uh, it, it, this is my wife's Uruguayan uh, 
ranch, ranchero recipe that she has that, that uh, starts out with 200 kilos of, of pork. But anyhow, we've cut it down. We, we don't quite get to the, the, the size of what her recipe is. But it's uh, pork butt, uh, beef, uh, particularly this recipe says uh, eye of round, but you want some kind of lean beef, bacon, and I don't know, about a pound of spices into whatever she's doing. I don't even know all the spices that go into it. And it gets uh, chopped into chunks, sprinkle the herbs and spices, coarse grind, stir up some more spices into it, fine grind it, and then stuff it in casings. And uh, we make it about every other year, and that gives us uh, basically enough to, to get us through two years, and we've run out, so it's time to make more. But we always want to make it in the wintertime because the grinding of the meat warms up the meat and you want to keep it cold or you end up uh, getting the fat to uh, soften up too much and blend too much into the meat instead of staying in chunks in the, in the grinding process. So that's our Saturday adventure. That's going to be that, that's going to be fun. And we generally make them into, uh, like, bratwurst-sized links, you know, six, eight-inch links. Yeah. And then uh, we also do some coils. What do you do and, for casings? Uh, I use pork casings, pork casings that I, I get from various sources. There's an outfit called the Sausage Maker, which has uh, a good variety of casings that compact and salt. And you just need to rinse them out and then warm water so they have some stretch. And then just stuff them. But the, the rounds that we do, when, when we come out, we don't twist them to the, the length size. Leave it in a big coil, which naturally wants to go into a round, and freeze them flat that way. And then when I cook them, I just take some bamboo skewers and put two bamboo skewers through the sausage casings so that I can be able to turn them on the barbecue grill and just at a very low temp cook them on the barbecue grill until they're cooked all the way through and then serve them with uh, bread and chimichurri sauce as an oh, appetizer. That's be good. That's have big, you got me you just got me thinking family you just got me thinking about a big pan yeah, of right. big pan of, big big pan of scrambled eggs with those in with the with the chorizo and 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 some chopped onion. Oh. <laughs> Well, you can also just do the chorizo and make patties out of them and fry them up like pork sausage in a lot of restaurants or just a patty of pork sausage rather than the links. Yes, did Scott? I, did I hear you correctly that when you do this, you start out with 400 kilos of meat? That's her original recipe. Oh, oh okay. So you don't do it. It's not that big of a project. The way you no, do it now. No, no, we, we don't do that much. This was the, the, the 1800s Hacienda recipe oh, from okay. the, the big cattle spread in uh, Uruguay down by the Argentine border. Yeah, all right. That's a lot of... But they were, <laughs> yeah, but they were doing it for everybody that lived on the Hacienda, too. Oh, yeah, and that's a lot of people. Yeah, doing it to but, scale. 
a kilo kilo yeah. is like 2.2 pounds, so 400 of Correct. those. That's a shit ton of meat. Yeah, it's 800 Jeez. pounds. Yeah, 800, 850 pounds. But that would be a whole day process and 50 or 20 people working on it. And oh, easily. Then you get it all done and it spreads out. And I'm sure when they did that, they undoubtedly ran it through some kind of a smokehouse or something. Because in the late 1800s, you didn't have the freezer space for something like that. Didn't have a freezer for one. But anyhow, that's my my tomorrow project. Just to ship tactics, did you guys see the jobs report? Yeah, was yeah. Uh, Vice talking about it. Yeah. But see, now this is another thing that that's a real confusing number here. If you have an unemployment rate in excess of, well, below around four and a half, four, four and a half percent, that is considered inflationary. And so they jack the insur the uh, interest rate to get that unemployment rate up over five percent to create job insecurity, to keep wage pressure down so you don't get too much money in the economy so you don't cause inflation. I know it did. It simply doesn't make sense. I mean, a low unemployment rate is good for the economy, but that causes the Fed to jack the interest rates. It's like they, we've got two different. Yeah. yeah, but nobody's worried about the money that Exxon and Chevron have made in the last year and Absolutely. doing all their stock buyback and not the media is not talking about these excess profits being the cause of the inflation. They're still trying to put it onto the workers yes. and, that are causing the inflation. So we need to make the middle and lower classes poorer to combat inflation and never a mention about jacking on the, the companies. Yeah. The gouging of the companies. And there's no mention of an excess profits tax to keep inflation under control. Because if those corporations knew that they were going to have to pay like 50 or 60 percent taxes on the excess profits, they wouldn't jack the profits up so much, particularly when they only have to pay 15 percent income tax on those profits. All that money that Chevron and Exxon are going to send out to stockholders to buy the stock back, the maximum amount they're going to pay. Oh, shit, my phone. The maximum amount they're going to pay is 15 percent. Annie, I'm going to take this call, so I'll be back in a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, and I remember Joe giving some paying some lip service, like wagging his finger at the oil companies when gas was through the roof just before the election, uh, coincidentally. But ideologically, he's totally against any kind of windfall tax. I, I just don't think he's got it in him. I, anybody disagree with that? Let me bring. Let me ask a question. Define windfall tax. Okay. Well, I'll try. Uh, so, profit. Um, all the oil and gas companies, fossil fuel companies, make X profit, right? A quarterly profit, and it grows 
there's a delta associated with that every quarter, right? And then you get this massive delta, right? Because of the inflation or because the sky no, is no, no, falling. No, no, no. Okay, no. go ahead. Talk specifics, not concepts. Specifics. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but there's a there's a problem in in instances like this is you, you can't talk concepts. You've got to talk specifics. Like specific numbers? Yeah, numbers. Well, I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't but, know. But that's what. I'll go for it. When your profits exceed 110% of your previous year's profits adjusted for inflation with your cost basis the same, that is an excess profit. Are costs the same? Assuming asking, I don't that know. your costs, assuming that your costs went up by, let's say, the inflation rate, the 3%. proportional amount. Okay, okay. And your profits go up by the proportional amount that your costs went up. That's not an excess profit because you've made the same profit on your costs. Okay. Now, when your profits go up more than 110% from that base profits, then that is an excess profit. Fair enough. So See, who determines if, inflation? I, 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 yeah, there's about four different numbers you can use put out by the federal government. But what I'm getting at is if I have a business and it costs me $1,000 to take the raw material, I get my raw material at a cost. And then I do my thing to it, and I sell it. And when after I do my thing between the cost of materials I purchase, and I do my thing to it, and I sell it for two thousand dollars, and five hundred of that is profit. Okay. What I'm getting at here is if that's been sort of my average year in year out cost of goods, add my manufacturing to it, and I sell it. And I have a profit that has been going along at some percentage number that I have been making on my profit. And all of a sudden, for one quarter or one year, instead of that profit number being 25%, it's now 75%. That is an excess profit. And that is inflationary. And that is what's happened, particularly in the energy industry, over the past two years. I don't buy it. You don't buy it? Nope. Well, you better start checking out what Exxon and Chevron and Shell. I know all are. about this stuff. I know all about okay. it. But what about, what about in instances in which I, I, can, I can reduce my cost exponentially because of technology? I'm not disagreeing with you in concept. Then, I'm, only saying, then, I'm only saying then, numbers. Give me the numbers. All right, but then if you have done that because of technology, your you, since your cost of production has gone down in the, quote, free market system, if it was a true free market system, you would reduce your prices in order to gain market share. Why? But when you gain market share, why? Then beca why? Because why? it 
because I'm not, I'm not under any obligation. My obligation is only, only, only to increase shareholder value. Uh, now, that's no, the problem. This is where we get in. That's the law, and that's the problem. Correct. That's why you need a law. A windfall. That's the whole entire reason to have a windfall. Hang on here. Because you need a law against a law. Who are shareholders? This is where one needs Mitt to Romney. get back into the historic nature of a business what, and what a shareholder? original. And, wait, shareholders are horseshit. The you, know, Ryan, you don't know what you're talking about. Easy, easy, easy. They are the owners. Why are the owners no, not entitled to have a maximum value? Wait, wait. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on here a second. If I get involved in an initial public offering or I invent a business and then decide to sell out some shares for me to make a bunch of money and put that in my pocket, being the good capitalist that I'm not, that I want to be, but well, blah. Anyhow, now when I go down to my local broker here in town no, that's and not I my say question. I would I, Steve, hold up, hold up. Ask me. You ask me about a shareholder. If what I go down, if I go down to my local brokerage house and put in an order to buy 500 shares of Pacific Lumber, Chevron, whatever, the money that I spend on those shares do not, in any way, shape, or form, go to Chevron or anybody else. I have simply. I'm not saying a, that. a piece of paper from somebody that says that. I am now Hold on, one person at a time. I am entitled to some kind of a dividend under the benevolence of the corporation that is going to pay me because I paid a previous shareholder some money. Not true. That's not what the law says. Tell me where I'm wrong. A shareholder is an owner. Owner of a piece of paper that they bought from somebody else. Hold on, Roger. Hold on. Hold on. I'm jumping in here. A shareholder is a a shareholder is a holder of a share of the company. They are an owner. They are part of the ownership structure of the company from, you know, from 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 the beginning of corporate. Law forward. Um, I'm not, all I'm saying is this. I'm saying only one thing. I'm an owner. The way the law currently works is I'm an owner, and the corporation has a legal obligation to act in my interest, not in the interest of the community, not in the interest of the government, not in the interests of other stakeholders who aren't actual owners of the company. Why am and I that's not why first? We, the people need to have a counteractive no. law. No. You want to tell you what needs to happen? You're missing the whole boat. Higher taxes. A corporation, if a corporation wants to reduce its tax liability, it can it can hire more people. It can invest in stuff, invest in equipment that uh, that another company has to has to uh, manufacture and sell to them. 
But the notion that that anything should stand that, that anything should have a priority over the owner, to me, it's a, that's absurd. I'm an owner. I put money into the company. I, I, I paid money to buy that share with an expectation of two, one of two things. Either I get dividends, which the law actually governs when a company can give dividends, or I, per, I purchase that, that share, that piece of ownership, because I say, oh, that corporation is going to increase its market value over some period of time, thereby increasing the value of my ownership, which I can then sell. Inve inve investment versus. I mean, I look at it, and maybe I maybe profit taking. I'm, maybe I'm skewed by by how I look at. It. I have a small business. I own I own half of my small business. As an owner of my small business or any business, why should I? No, I I'm the one who put who 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 invested my money. I own it. Doesn't matter that, you know, in, in a in a in a in a uh, a share that is traded on the open market, like in the stock uh, stock uh, uh, New York Stock Exchange, the Nasdaq, whatever. I own a piece of that company. Why do I not get priority over everybody else who isn't an owner? Could I jump in with something? I'm not trying to be contrarian or a shithead or an asshole. I'm just saying I think there are other ways to do this. The thing that I was wanted to bring to the table is I've always been, and I never knew the origin until I looked it up, you know, when they talk about windfall profits tax and use the term windfall. Apparently, that the, the reference windfall, it's a noun, an apple or other fruit blown down from a tree or a bush by the wind. How, how did they apply the term windfall in this context in terms of... Can I take a run at that, being the uh, a practitioner of the art of word knowing? Well, it's an interesting question. I'd love an answer. Um. Fruit commonly has to be picked. Okay. A wind, uh, but but fruit blown down by the wind is not as uh, does not require as much effort to gather as the fruit that you have to maybe get up on a ladder or shake the tree, whatever. So a windfall profit is a profit that the company made without having to expend effort. They came by more easily. Okay. It yeah, didn't right. earn it. It didn't earn it in the in the generic sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to And so and so since they didn't since, so since they did not earn it, it should be differently taxed. I mean, I will tell you, my, my with an advantage toward the company, type of differently, or no, with an advantage toward the taxing entity. 
You didn't earn it in the first place, so we're going to take more, take some of it from you. Yeah. I mean, well, can a can a case be made? One second, Steve. Can a case be made that in in this only goes to fossil fuel companies? Okay, and maybe there's another example that I'm a, a mining or whatever that they are making profits on things they don't have that they have no right to. I mean, maybe they have a quote unquote right, but I go to the 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 ultimate right, which this is my, this land is my land and this land is your land. And I know we they get leases and this and that, but that whole jumbled mess is so rife with corruption and that you get that nails it. This is they are making money off of the public lands. We the people's. Well, yeah, yeah they look—they look at the golden rule differently than Jesus meant it. But to them, <laughs> the golden rule is he who has the gold rule. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is mine, and well, all you motherfuckers yeah. can fuck off. What yeah. I'm saying is all. What I'm saying is this. All this windfall profits and all that crap. I don't even. I. It's too nebulous. It's too hard to figure out what that is. My view is, and maybe I and. and Look, I'm free to be wrong. I'm wrong about an awful lot of shit. First of all, we are, first of all, corporate tax rates, since corporations are completely persons of the state, meaning they don't exist absent the state, there's no natural law of corporations. A corporation only exists because a person files a form with the state and pays a fee. It's a hell of a birth canal the state has, right, Steve? <laughs> so what I think should happen is you tax them, go back, I think it should be 35%. And if they want to avoid taxes, what we say, okay, fine, you want to avoid, you, you want to decrease your taxes, which means you decrease, you increase your profit which means when you increase your profit, that's money you can pay to shareholders. Okay, great. Then here's how you do that. You increase your costs. How do you increase your costs? You hire more people. Mm -hmm. I'm almost- Or R&D, or R&D also, or, or both. Or, or, yeah. or, or, or purchasing equipment, which means that some other company has to manufacture it. I've thought, I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm, I'm not comfortable with this, but I think this is perhaps something to think about. For every dollar spent on hiring an employee, a corporation gets to deduct a dollar and one cent, five cents, 10 cents, from their income, so that the incentive is to hire people. Uh -huh. In theory. Well, right. as, as, a, as a bit of an example here, back under the Eisenhower and pre-Eisenhower days, if when the ta top tax rate was in the 90, 95% range, if the company hired a person or increased the wage by a dollar an hour, it truly only cost the company 
that five or 10 cents because the other 90 cents was reduced tax pay. In today's situation, if they increase the wage of a worker by a dollar, it costs the corporation like 95 cents because they only pay 5% taxes. Now, I know that the tax rate is not 5 cents, but the effective tax rate, when you have corporations that pay zero taxes and they have millions and billions of dollars flowing through the corporation, but they only effectively pay a 5% rate, if they pay that dollar, it costs them 95 cents. Whereas the historic was that it only cost them five cents to give that dollar raise. Now, the other thing to bring into consideration here is prior to the railroad era of the Civil War time, a company would be formed to build the bridge. And they would build the bridge, and then the company would go out of business, and et cetera. And they decided that something needed to be done because railroad were going to be expending a tremendous amount of capital to where they gave every other section of federal land uh, to the railroad to pass through the county that they went through, da-da-da-da-da, with the idea that they would sell that land off and generate the capital. But they managed to create the capital, kept the land, and then in the case of Southern Pacific, separated from Southern Pacific Railroad to Southern Pacific Land Company, and the land company kept all the land, and Southern Pacific Railroad went bankrupt and abandoned their tracks and that kind of crap. So the whole notion of the way corporations operate in this country has been transformed by corporations buying politicians to get corporate-friendly law to further line the pockets of the corporate class. And capitalism will only become an oligarchy unless it is well-regulated. And we mm -hmm. need to well-regulate it. And the way of well-regulating it is to get these ungodly amounts of money out of the corporations and start and building yeah. the middle class that we had starting in the 1940s up through the 1980s when we had a vibrant country. And I do not have the crystal ball to say exactly how to do it. I can only peck away at it. And one of them is to peck away at this idea that my dividends, I, I don't have any more, any, any, any anymore, but anyhow, that my dividends ought to be taxed at a lower rate than labor income and taxed at a lower rate than saying, well, the company already paid taxes on this income, so when it gets down to the shareholder, they shouldn't have to pay very much. When the corporation like Exxon Chevron is paying, in essence, zero taxes, and when I get it as a dividend, depending on my base pay, I can exclude up to $47,000 of dividend income from any taxation. In other words, if, if your only income is coming from dividends, you get to exempt $47,000 right off the top and you don't pay any income tax on that at all. You don't pay any Social Security tax on it. You don't pay any income tax on it. It's clean money, no taxes whatsoever. Now, I realize there are very few people that only have, that their only income is $43,000, 
of dividend income and they have no other income at all. So it, it's just a strange way the tax, tax rules work. Whereas if you're a laborer, your $19,700, I think it is this year for your standard deduction, you have already paid 7% on that entire $19,000 on so your contribution to Social Security. And well, don't these forget, you inequities... You get double taxed at the store. So first you get taxed on your income. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not even with dealing with sales Security. tax here, Chris. I'm not yeah, even dealing well, with I'm sales just tax saying, here, Chris. You, we, we, the, but, we, but, the workers get double taxed too. So that's Chris, what I'm, I'm Chris, just trying what to I'm throw that out there. Is, what I'm saying is that if you earn $19,700 for 2022, that is your standard deduction. And you would pay no no tax whatsoever because that's your standard deduction. But you already would have paid seven percent on that nineteen thousand some odd dollars. But if you had forty three thousand dollars as a capital gains, your dividend income, interest income, and that was your sole income, you would owe no tax, not even seven percent for Social Security. So right off the top. A person working at McDonald's or whatever is already taxed at 7% on that first $19,700, but the person could have $45,000 and not pay any taxes at all. It would be free and clear. And there's a hell of a lot of people that live on less than $40,000 a year and pay a shitload in taxes. And we need to change our system somehow somehow to recoup and get some of that money in. And the idea of a windfall profits tax, however it gets negotiated and all the rest of it, is one method of having the people that have more at least pay the same share as the people that have so little. I mean, my, my pension is $25,000 a year, Okay. That's from teaching school in California. That is my personal. Now, the, the wife has her share, and, and there's other little things we've done. But my pension is much less than $40,000 a year, and I pay taxes on that pension. I don't pay Social Security anymore. But if, if my only income wasn't from the state of California teacher's pension, and it was from some investments I'd gotten, I could be making forty grand a year and not pay any fucking taxes. I'm not. I'm not saying I shouldn't pay tax. I think everybody should pay taxes of some kind. But when I see people like Donald Trump, who flies around in his own goddamn private jet aircraft, and brags about how rich he is, and I discover when they release his taxes that he only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes one year. I get pissed. Well, am I, am I, I the need, ass? Could, I need no. somebody to verify that I heard something correctly, not in this conversation, but just in the news. I thought I got a fleeting glimpse, the, the hearing equivalent of fleeting glimpse. Are the is the GOP thinking about that thirty percent flat tax again? That yes. universal. Yeah, yeah, they want to raise Herman Cain from the dead, and they want to triple his 999 to 30, 30, 30, or whatever. Well, 
Well, actually, 30% sales tax only. How are they going to try to sell that? Or are they? Because it seems well, we've been we're talking about road. Republican voters. Before. We're talking right, about Scott, Republican I'll, voters, I'll, Scott. I'll, you can sell I'll tell them. you how. I'll, Chris, let Go me ahead. get in here just a second. How they're trying to sell it is that there will be no Social Security tax collected. There will be no income tax collected. The IRS will disappear, and everybody's going to get to pay 30% on everything that they buy. But what bothers me about this is if you take somebody that's super wealthy and a million dollars a year and somebody else that makes 50 grand a year, I will guarantee you that that person that has a million dollars a year does not buy 200 times more pairs of Levi's than I do. No. Mm -hmm. They will buy something else. Or 100 TVs. Right. And in California, if you go buy a used car, you get to pay sales tax on that value of the used car. Even if that car had never left California and sales tax was charged on the first day it was purchased, which it is in California, you get to pay sales tax on everything. If you buy a yacht that is built in Sausalito and you go down to the yacht every single day and they finally say, okay, here's your keys and go, no, 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 don't want the keys, not yet. I want to take delivery of that yacht in Ensenada, Mexico. And you can, you know, I'm going to pay you to send somebody down to Ensenada, Mexico. And I will take the keys when I'm down in Ensenada. And so you get in your car, you drive down in Sonata, you take the keys to that yacht, and you sail around for 30 days around Mexico. And then you bring that yacht back to Sausalito. You do not need to pay any sales tax on that yacht. And I will guarantee you if this 30% sales tax number goes in, Chevron is not going to pay 30 cents 30% tax on the oil they bring into that refinery from Saudi Arabia or wherever the hell else they get it. And that the shipyard isn't going to be paying 30% sales tax on the materials they buy to build that yacht. They, The rich are going to put in loopholes that will allow them to avoid that sales tax. And the hamburger flipper at McDonald's is going to spend 30% sales tax on every fucking dime that they spend in. They're even talking about putting this on rent. Okay. No, but God. What about me? What about me buying a house? Do I have to pay 30% more for the house to cover the sales tax? And do I yeah. have to pay it right now? Or do I spread it out over 30 years? I, there are okay, so many places for loopholes in that 30%. Roger, here's yeah. the here's the problem though. To me, all of that is just talk related to the thirty percent. What I want to know is the bottom line dollar figure of money create money generated from a thirty percent tax with all the other forms of taxation gone away. Is that number a greater number than what we've currently got from all these other types of taxes? Or is it not? Because that, to me, is the essence of the situation. If it's, not state, gen- right? if it's not generating more, then there's less to draw from. 
which means more people get screwed, who were formerly under the system. According to, according to what I have heard is that 30% number was to balance that everything they collect now with your social security and your Medicare payments and your income tax and your capital gains tax, all the rest of it, that pile of money would be equal with the 30% consumption tax. And that's why they chose the 30%, although they're trying to argue it's 23, which is a bullshit argument. But do you, do you believe that, 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 that those numbers work out the way they're saying that they do? Because I don't believe it. I don't it. believe it. I don't. I certainly don't. And here's the other thing. A sales tax is regressive, and it will batter the economy. It will do – Scott, you know about the velocity of money, right? Mm -hmm. How money moves through the economy and the speed at which it does. Sales yeah. taxes, high sales taxes result in a slower molasses effect of the money moving through and cycling through the economy because people are going are not are going to be less willing to part with dollars if you slap a 30% sales tax on everything that they buy yeah because they're not going to go to the store <laughs> going going in there's more consideration you know th whereas if you walk in as it currently is today you you don't you're not even aware of your of your sales tax by and large we see it in Oregon we have yeah. zero sales tax and our economy is great I don't so worry about going trying, to the store getting fleeced for sales tax. So in other words, it's that same old scam. We're here to fix, in quotation marks, something that's broken, again, in quotation marks. Oh, yeah, these guys are fucking idiots. Yes, yeah. it's Republicans. What do you want? Fewer of them, I think, would be yes. my first wish. <laughs> but two years, I mean, guys, we knew this was coming. Two, I mean, how many weeks are we into this? The monkey Fleming, uh, oh, they, yeah. flinging festival. Yeah, yeah these I mean, these two years are going to seem like eternity. Well, now in California, heavy, in California, heavy on our hands is what I'm saying for the next two years. In California, if you go buy groceries in the grocery store, edible groceries, there is no sales tax. If you go into a restaurant. And you just get a cold sandwich. Theoretically, they're not supposed to charge you sales tax, although they normally do. Uh, so I don't know whether this 30% is being planned to go across vegetables. If I'm selling at a farmer's market, I didn't have to worry about sales tax on the lettuce and broccoli, cabbage and cauliflower and all that that I sold because there's no sales tax on it. But if all of a sudden I have to go to farmer's market and the head of lettuce that I'm selling, I have to pay the federal government 30% on the, the price of that head of lettuce. If you think we've got hunger problems now, mm -hmm. oh. Your food deserts. Or food deserts, only. right. Absolutely. There's going to be it's more and more food tough. deserts. Yes. Which means that when they – if they try to push it through, there's going to be exemptions. I mean, the biggest argument lately was to get sales tax off feminine hygiene products because they are a necessity. 
Oh, well, death sentence is going to have him removed for uh, pet meds. You heard that? No, but what, what I'm getting at is this 30% national tax that they're talking about, it may, I mean, I've had some arguments with Facebook and Facebook with people that think it's a fair tax. And I've tried to point out all these places. Well, they'll, they'll make an exemption for that. If they make an exemption for one thing, they will make an exemption for a If they have exemptions, then it isn't flat. Then it isn't a flat, quote, fair tax, unquote. So, so we're back where we started then. All of these things, I've, I've sat and I've listened patiently, and, 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 and that's not to say that I'm irked or anything. But we are, we are discussing the details of the creation of the path with the sign in front of it that says this way to the egress. Okay? Anytime you get into the details of a Republican tax proposal, you give it legitimacy in life by pretending that it's being put forward in something resembling good faith. It ain't. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I say that going yet. I mean, I've never bought into anything that they've had to offer Oops. because they certainly don't think it through. 30%, if that's all they say about it, it sounds good to most people who are not paying but half attention, if that. And I mean, not to, not not to loop it. everything back to the same old topic, but this this this, this I, everything they do is fraudulent. What do you think? They 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 throw shit at the wall. They throw things at the, shit at the wall until they find a turd that sticks. Yeah. Whether it's the remember anybody remember the death tax? Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay. Death Re- remember death panels. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, that the, probably more than half of America think think that there are, you know, twelve year olds getting breast implants. Well, you know, maybe there are because there are, you know, like the debate on the bill in West Virginia. Well, we don't want to take away the right of cis girls to get bigger boobies because we're, you know, we're dirty old men and we like to look at young young girls' boobies. But the idea, is, shit. And I'm listen. I'm not trying to be too personal. I'm contemplating them. Okay, it's called a breast augmentation. Yeah. Because you know, hormonal therapy gives you breasts. You know, in theory. We're waiting for theory to become fact here at the mansion. Um, but if insurance is going to pay for them, and insurance does in some civilized states, then I have to go to a psychiatrist and get the psychiatrist to verify that I'm not insane for making for wanting to make my body look more feminine. A cis woman can walk in and they go, "You got the money." Yeah. Let's do it. No psychiatrist involved. Okay. You got the money, honey. We got your boobs. Yeah. Right? And 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 this is this is all a result of lies. No, and it's not any different from previous fascist lies. 
And for all I know, they're the same lies that are being promulgated in that in that 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 homes that homeschooling curriculum, the Nazi one. And so, you know, what you have to do, at least, what on, you denounce and you move on. Because when you start getting into detailed discussions of these Republican frauds, you lend them legitimacy by discussing the details of something that is entirely spurious. Sorry, I'm not yelling. At least I'm not trying to. No, no, no. You're, no. Uh, meanwhile, in other breaking news, a sixth cop has been fired from the Memphis PD. One of the uh, first, one of the first ones to uh, come into contact with Tyree Nichols. He's a white guy, and he's been fired. That leaves what? At least six more that that you know didn't help. Whatever, but he hasn't been charged yet. And I want to mention one other thing that just gave me the horrors reading it. There was a uh, ruling yesterday in the Fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals, which is just chock-a-block with maggots and nutcases. This will go to the Supreme Court. The Fifth United States Circuit Court of Appeals ruled yesterday that we the people do not have the right to take guns away from a guy who's under a restraining order for domestic violence. Yeah, I heard about that. This is terrifying. On a good note, I came across a news today that the Memphis police are, uh, Memphis investigators, are seriously investigating any possibility that Tyree had any relationship with any woman who may or may not have been involved with any of the officers on the police force and so far they have not found anything but they are investigating it thoroughly as an angle as, as an angle lover of some sort or really well I, I posted a thing on facebook the other day about uh, back the blue and all the rest of that and not having any knowledge but my viewing I guess it was last Friday we watched it and talked about yeah. it here, uh, that the pulling over by the plainclothes cops that had no jur- they had jurisdiction but no need, no reason to be doing a traffic stop, and the attack was the bullies in high school, uh, the football team, you asked out the the girl that the head football player was interested in and she went out with you and you shouldn't have stolen her away from him kind of ethos that goes on that it almost seemed to me that he got pulled over because he had crossed uh, by wanting to date somebody whether it had been an ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, potential girlfriend or something 
and the boys in blue were just standing up for one another, and it went south. And I posted that several days ago. And that could, all be, of that sudden, could be Roger, or it could just be it was a simple hunt. At, That's, and it could, it anyhow, too, I, right? I was very pleased today to read a report that the Memphis District Attorney investigative arm or anything else is seriously looking at any possible potential love interest connection with the event. So it is being investigated. I thought that was Razor. Yeah, I mean, that's good. But Occam's Razor seems to be the in play here. And to me, it just looked like a a, a hunt. Just a, a regular old hunt. Or it may turn out to be a case, as, as I've been saying all along, it may turn out to be a case of roid rage. But again, we're in the speculation phase, and I yeah. guess we'll ne- and I guess we will never see a talk screen on those fuckers. Oh, by the way, uh, you asked about the talk screen the other day. Injected steroids are a thirty-day latency. So at least in theory, it's still in their bloodstreams. Well, January seventh, February second, you know, third. Uh, it would had they been smart and stopped doing it but when you are on steroids uh, cold turkey off steroids is not a good way to go no and when you're in the middle of beating someone to death when you're on a, in, in, in roid rage it's hard to stop doing that too well you know I, what I mean I, I think this is another case where we're never going to really get to the bottom of it unless somebody squeals. Well, it depends. Okay, it depends. It depends on how 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 uh, that line. How, how what? Um, well, the, how how much they observe the cop the 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 cop oath of Omerta. In the Godfather? Um, I, I think the I don't think it's in the Godfather. That's just the term for the code of silence. By the way, on the way out the door, a uh, little bit of sad news. Uh, and Christopher, you'll probably be familiar. Uh, one of the one of the greats in radio, and Scott, you may know, uh, has passed away. That's Jay Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. Where? He was a, a liberal radio talk show host and a writer. He had been at WLS, AM and FM. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the name. Oh, Jay Marvin, yeah. And he was a journeyman, too. I mean, he started out as a country DJ at KWMC in Del Rio, Texas. Oh, God. WWOD Lynchburg, K102 FM El Paso. WHBQ Memphis, WJEZ and WJJD in Chicago, KKAT in Salt Lake City, KIXZ in Amarillo, and in the late 80s started doing talk radio at WTKN St. Petersburg, Florida, WFLA Tampa, WTMJ Milwaukee, WLS WLS Chicago twice, 
KHOW and KKZN in Denver. And uh, he would guest host occasionally for Ed Schultz and Jerry Springer and Alan Combs. Uh, yeah, Jay so, Marvin, yes, I do recall that name. Yes. And that was he, that's before WLS went completely fucking wacko right wing. That was yeah, when... Um, that's in the, I think Malloy that's the, the Malloy era, too, yeah. I think so. And he, he wasn't there that long, I don't think, Malloy. Um, can't remember. Two, maybe? Well, he started, Malloy started at uh, um, WSB in Atlanta and, and got hired away to WLS. Mm-hmm. They had some really good hosts. I'm not sure how long that gig lasted. Yeah, they did. They did. But that's it for the evening, everybody. I appreciate we've, we've had a We've had a scintillating conversation on a number of fronts, and I thank you all. Um, thanks for getting us down to $250 to go to finish the week. Appreciate um, Ralphs and t- 240 Ralphs and Terrace and Christopher. Um, thanks, thanks a bunch, and hopefully maybe the weekend cr- the crew will uh, help bring that down some. But that's, we're still, you know, we're, we're okay. We took care of the deficit from January got through the first two days of February okay thank you everybody thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers by the way the uh, back porch will I presume continue after uh, this program goes off air and uh, again thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers thank you to our a la carte contributors thank you all so very much for keeping this little attempt at independent progressive liberal non-commercial, non-capitalist broadcasting afloat. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and thank you, Roger. Thank you so much to uh, our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, Head on Dot Live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in, in Appalachia, and a proud union shop for a year now. Please stay safe. Get your booster while it's still free. I don't know what we're going to do when the booster isn't free anymore and COVID is still going around. Good luck. Get your flu shot. We're not out of flu season. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown continues to say. And, you know, for God's sakes, if uh, some maggot comes sashaying down the sidewalk, hollering about the squatter drama queens, well, avoid that little white, uh, white maggot lady like the plague because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.